following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Shanto, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside. Blitz. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean. Tyler, welcome to week 11 coming up here. Uh, later on tonight, we're, we're recording this on a uh, bright and early Thursday afternoon. How you feeling? Yeah, we're, we're getting pretty late in the season. It feels like the season's just kind of blowing by. Flying by, man. I can't believe we're already, we're already in double-digit weeks, um, as of last week we were anyway. Um, I, it's mind blowing that, you know, 17 game season, and it already seems like it's been very, very short and everything has been moving so fast. Um, it's, it's wild. Uh, we've got some, we, we do have some news around the league, not a lot going on in the league this week, ever since the trade deadline happened, everything's kind of slowed down a little bit. I mean, outside of a few injuries here and there, I mean, it's been pretty slow in the league, hasn't it? It's, it's been really slow. It feels like. Yeah, there's there's just not a lot going on right now. I mean, outside of the games and like like I said, a few injuries here and there, a couple releases, but I mean nothing crazy. So Tyler, going into the scores here, real quick be, before we we uh, uh, jump into the scores, we did go over it last week. I want to I want to point out Dolphins did beat the Ravens twenty two to ten last week or uh, this uh, last week on Thursday night football. We we went into that. I understand that. Um, and I'm, I'm before before we get to the Thursday game, Tyler. I, I want to make a quick prediction for for tonight's game. Here, are you going Falcons? Or are you going Patriots tonight? Patriots. Patriots all day. I'm with you on that. Now um, we're going to jump into the scores for Week Ten in the NFL. Uh, Tyler, you ready? Let's do it. All right, here are your scores for Week 10 in the NFL, starting out with, uh, obviously, the Ravens and the Dolphins. Dolphins beat the Ravens 22-10. to 10. What the hell happened here, Ravens? I I don't know. I, it, it seems like they, they, they couldn't get anything going, and he just had the ball. It was, it, was a, it was a weird game to watch. Yeah, strange. The, the strangest play to me was watching that wide receiver trot out of the backfield, untouched, wide open, and, the you know, Frank Clark – or not Frank Clark um, – uh, I, I forget his name now. Your safety comes up Chuck, to make Chuck Clark or Elliot. Thank you, Chuck Clark. There we go. Uh, he he's standing in the middle of the field and and he didn't come up to to make the play. He had to. It was very reactionary. Uh, it was it was one of those weird scenarios. Chuck Clark is a very good safety, and I'm I'm surprised that he wasn't over there dropping into coverage when he saw that safety come around the edge. Instead, he opted to stand in the middle of the field and play single high. Very confusing situation. It was the weirdest play I think I saw all night, wasn't it? It was. It really was. Yeah, that was the play that gave it away. Uh, next up, you got the Bucks and the, the Washington football team. A huge upset, 29-19. Washington gets it done. I don't understand what in the hell is going on with the Bucks right now, but I believe this is number two in a row for them that they've dropped. Tom, Brady, Tom Brady was not happy afterwards. I don't blame him. But, man, Washington coming out firing here. I, I mean, is 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 this? Just, I, I feel like it's just a one-off. But Taylor Heineke played pretty well in this game. Uh, really got the ball out really nicely for 256. Terry McLaurin, obviously his favorite target. I mean, is, is Washington turning a corner here? Or was this just a uh, you know them just being a lucky turd getting a win? 
I think it was just a late, a late good game. I don't think it continues, but I also think even if it does, it might be a little too late. Yeah, I think it's too little too late. Right now they're sitting at three and six. I mean, we still do have a lot of football to play. Obviously, you know, we're going 17 games, so they, they still have eight games to go. But uh, they're, they're really going to have to turn on the Jets if they're going to make it to uh, the playoffs here. Uh, next up, you got the Titans and the Saints. Titans beat the Saints 21-23. Sort of a defensive battle in a way. I, I mean, both these defenses have been red hot. The Saints defense has been really good. The Titans defense has been really good. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has himself, you know, a really solid game-managing type game. The big story of this one was Adrian Peterson was coming into the game. And Marcus Johnson led the team in receiving yards for Ryan Tannehill and company. Uh, he had an average of 20 yards on this game. What do you, what do you, what do you attribute the Titans' success with? Uh, where You know, like, the Titans have, have been so successful even without Derrick Henry on the field. Since Derrick Henry's gone down, I don't think they've lost. And they haven't. They beat the the Rams, which is a big win. But I think this beat kind of showcases that they're that they're slowing down quick. Yeah, because they barely beat a a, a, a Simeon led Saints team. I, I think the writing's on the wall that this team's not going to go far. Now, if this team does make the playoffs, and and Derrick Henry hasn't been let's let's bear in mind, Derrick Henry has not been ruled out. He's been ruled out for the season. They said, but they he hasn't been ruled out for the postseason. This was a six to ten week out. So we still have a lot of football to play here, technically speaking. You're, you're talking about seven more games, so we're talking seven more weeks for the Titans. And I, I, I also think they have a bye week involved here, don't they? So, I mean, this could be an interesting situation. You might very well see Derrick Henry come back into the fold come playoff time. Do you think that the Titans have an opportunity to make it to the promised land? Right now they're sitting at 8-2. and two. Are they the real deal? I... I think they have enough wins to get to to, uh, to get themselves there. But, so, but I mean, if, if Derrick Henry can come back and he can play at, the, at a high level, then yeah, they're a dangerous team. Especially with how this defense is playing. Jeffrey Simmons has been lights out since uh, this whole thing went on. He has been tremendous. So I, I really like what they were doing. And Adrian Peterson obviously came back into this game. Sort of a non-factor. Do you think Adrian Peterson gets more involved? He's a non-factor for the second straight week. Uh, Adrian Peterson's not the, uh, be- the the next running back on this team. Right, and and what do you think? What do you make of this Trevor, Trevor Simeon situation? Nineteen for thirty-four. He had he was two hundred ninety-eight yards, two touchdowns on the day. He didn't play bad. Is and obviously we're we're waiting for the big fall off where where you know he's just going to fall apart and we're going to be singing a different tune. Do you think Trevor Simeon can continue to lead this football team? I do. I, I don't think he's going to play well, but I, I think um he would need to he would need to play at a. Uh a very, very, very bad level to even consider giving Taysom Hill an opportunity. You just don't give Taysom Hill any credit. I don't. He's 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 Tim Tebow 2.0. Taysom Hill played well in those occasions. In a couple games against the 27th, 28th, and 31st ranked defense. I don't care about, about Taysom Hill. It, I want to see what he can do. I'm still fast. Two of those games was, was, it, was a 31st ranked Atlanta team. They played him two, two times in three games. I want to see what he can do. I want to see what he can do. I want to see if he can beat out Trevor Simeon, and I think he can. I uh, don't think he, I don't think he could beat out uh, freaking Fields. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. You but fun that. fun fact for you: Do you know who who's um, second on the team in targets and receptions for the for the uh, for the Titans? Who's that? Jeremy McNichols. Weird. Weird. He's third in yards. Yeah, 
third string, third string running back getting the second and well, target. second string. Well, sort of. I mean, the, yeah, he's second now because he his guy that was supposed to be starting in the second secondary role wound up on IR before the season started. I think that's the only reason that he's in that position. But uh, next up, we've got the Cowboys dominating the Falcons, just just kicking the crap out of them. Uh, 43-3 for the Cowboys. They had a 29-point second quarter in this game. Just a trouncing. Uh, Cowboys just getting it done. Cooper Rush saw some field time. Ezekiel Elliott threw a pass in this game. I mean, they were just having all kinds of fun. Prescott, very efficient, 24 for 31, 296, two touchdowns. He played very well. Uh, obviously, C.D. Lamb was his favorite receiver over on the Falcons' side. I mean, they didn't really have anything going on. Matt Ryan with another rough game. Is Matt Ryan on the downturn? Can we? Are we officially ready to say that? Matt Ryan's not on the, not on the downturn. This offense is on the downturn. I feel like Matt, Matt Ryan can still win a Super Bowl with just any other team. I, I mean, I I don't I don't know if I buy that. Matt Ryan might be on the downturn. I don't I don't see it right now. I don't see it. This is probably as bad as I've ever seen Matt Ryan play. This this is rough. So. It's, it's been rough. I think part of it is not having a reliable number two receiver, not having a running back that can do anything. Well, I, I mean, that's not entirely true. They were red hot with Cordero Patterson for a minute there. He's he's not a really he's not really their their running back though. Yeah, but he was red hot. Yeah, he's a he's an offensive weapon, Tyler. Don't you know? I'm not, I'm not even sure he had he's even leading leading the team in rushing attempts. I think it was Mike Davis, but he replaced Mike Davis in the last couple of weeks because yeah, he was Mike Davis is terrible. Better. Yeah, he, he got he got moved over. So uh, yeah, the the Falcons are are falling apart. They go to four and five, which I'm amazed they already they they have four wins in this this situation. Uh, next up, one of the big surprises of the week: Patriots dominate the Browns, forty-five to seven. Baker Mayfield once again has a horrible game. Gets benched for Case Keenum. On the other end, you got Mac Jones looking like a world beater here. He didn't put up huge numbers, but three touchdowns on the day. And the big story was Ramondre Stevenson. I, you know, we we didn't have Damian Harris on the field. He was in concussion protocol. Ramondre Stevenson. Does he take over the lead back role, or are you still sticking with Damian Harris, who was red hot before Stevenson came in? It's gonna it's gonna be the hot hand. I, I think um, if Harris can go, they'll give him the shot. But Stevenson's gonna be in the mix. Yeah, I, I think Stevenson winds up in the mix, but I don't think the timeshare is gonna be you know very one sided. I think it's gonna be Damian Harris for the most part, and or it's gonna be a very one sided. I don't think it's gonna be split equally between the two. I think it's Harris all day. And Ramondre Stevenson is going to be the guy sitting there, you know, begging for touches. Don't you? Uh, Harris is one fumble away from from being released. That's that's just the Patriots' way. From from being released, I, I don't know. He was red. He was red hot the last the last few weeks here. He's been killing it. Oh no, I no, I agree. But Belichick doesn't mess around with running backs. If he if he thinks you're not hot, he does, he moves on from you. Yeah, I, I, I believe that, that this is going to be Damian Harris's team. I mean, just a couple weeks ago, we were talking about they, they finally have a reliable running back in Damian Harris. Now you're saying he's one fumble away from a release because of Ramondre Stevenson having a good game. Not even just that. Belichick don't don't, don't play the, the, the running back game. He never has. Uh, yeah, I know. He, I know he does. And I, I think this is Damian Harris's team still. I think they're going to they're going to continue to ride him. Uh, he he was hot before Stevenson went down, but but I think a lot of the people who think Ramondre Stevenson is going to wind up being the back over there, I think they're sadly mistaken. Um, I, I think he's going to wind up going back into his hole, and this is going to be Damian Harris's team. If, if anybody expects there's going to be a uh, Javante Williams or Melvin Gordon timeshare there, I think they're 
out of their minds. I, I don't think that's just not going to happen. Um, next up, you got the Bills and the Jets. Bills 45-17 to over the Jets. A dominating performance. Mike White crumbles against the number one overall Bills defense. I will gladly say I was wrong in this situation, Tyler. Mike White crumbles. Does not look like the Mike White we saw against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, so you were right. You know, mark it on your calendar. I'm admitting it. But uh, Joe Flacco getting ready to come in to take over for old Mike White here. Are you just soaking your jockeys over Is here? Is Joe taking over? They're not um, riding Josh Johnson? They're they're not going to put Josh Johnson in. They're not putting Zach Wilson in. He's not 100%. They are putting in Joe Flacco as of this week, according to the uh, the reports that are coming out. Are you just are you just excited? I mean, should I just not come into your house with a black light at this point? Who 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 is he? What's his history? Never heard of him. Okay, okay, yeah. So Joe Flacco set to start. Uh, does do, I mean I understand the Bills are taking on a very lowly Jets team. Is this what we were hoping to see the Bills kind of reemerge into? Because a lot of people were starting to wonder whether or not this Bills had team had the juice to do what everybody thought they were going to do and go to the Super Bowl this year. Do you think that that uh, this Bills team has showed that, hey, we're still here and we still got the juice because of the way that they they really dominated this Jets team? I think they do still show they have the juice, but I, I think it, I think they have Patriots snipping at their heels quite literally um, standing-wise and for the rest of the season. Patriots are hot right now. Yep, they are really hot. Uh, next up, you got the Colts beating the Jags 23-17. This was kind of an interesting game. I, I'm surprised with how low scoring it was. The Colts have been hot recently, and, and this game they didn't look very hot in this at all. I'm, I'm a little surprised with it, to be honest, aren't you? I am. I really am. Low scoring. Urban Meyer says he doesn't think the Jags are that far off. Do you think he's correct in that assessment after this game? or What, what do you think uh, is the story with the Jags? Do you think they're still way far off? I don't know if they're way far off. I think another really good draft they, they could they could start competing. I don't know about playoffs next year, but I think next year they could be they could they could compete. Yeah, that's kind with, of, with the right moves. I, and by competing, I'm I'm talking about a middle of the road team. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about seven and nine or, or seven and ten. It's so it's so awkward saying seven and ten. Uh, seven and ten, you know, eight and nine, somewhere in that region. I, th- I still think they have a losing record, but I think they if they have another really good draft, they could be a very middle of the road team. And that's kind of where I think they're trending toward right now. And then, you know, a couple of years down the line, we might be talking about the Jaguars in the playoffs. Don't you? You, you, very, you very well could, and I, I think you will. I, I don't think we're going to see it with Urban Meyer, right? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it, it, the pause there made me think that you were thinking about it. No, I, I'm still kind of wondering how he, how he made it through all the early, early season stuff. <laughs> And uh, speaking of making it through all the early season stuff, the Lions, they didn't lose this week. So that's that's uh, an interesting thing after an 0-8 start. Uh, they didn't lose this week, but they didn't win either. They tie with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Mason Rudolph-led Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a 16-16 game. Uh, Steelers had this thing wrapped up. They, they, they tossed a little pass out to uh, Pat Fryermuth. Fryer move gets him into uh, a field goal range and then fumbles the ball just as he crosses over that field goal range line. And the Lions recover. There were eight seconds left on the clock. The clock expired. The Lions got a tie in this situation. Is this going to be like 
the first game that go the first team that goes like zero sixteen and one and winds up with the first overall it, pick or it might be. I, I I'm thinking we're trending toward that. And then we we all picked Steelers because we thought Ben was going to be on the field last week, and then we found out Ben wasn't going to be on the field at like the day before this game. And then after we found out that Ben was not going to be on the field, then we were like, oh, gosh. And, and we, we weren't sure who it was going to be. And it turned out to be Mason Rudolph. And he did not play well. I mean, this this Steelers team, just fascinating to me. Just unreal. So, uh, are, I mean, do you put a lot of stock in where the Steelers are going to be trending here, given what happened this past Sunday? Or you just chalk it up as, hey, it was Mason Rudolph. I think it's clear that, that this team has no future after Ben. And I, I think that's I, the, the, bearing, the bigger issue here. I think they're going to have to go out and find their, their franchise quarterback or find a star quarterback. Somebody, I mean, you, you could find a guy that is a little above average and roll with him. You know, if, you, if this Steelers team goes out and picks up an Aaron Rodgers, I think you're talking a completely different thing. I think the Steelers suddenly become contenders. If they go out and pick up a Kirk Cousins, I think that they become contenders. But if they continue and say, oh, we're going to go with Mason Rudolph after this season, I think the Steelers team is in the doldrums. I think they're done. I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, next up, you got the Vikings beating the Chargers. Another upset, 27-20. to It was kind of a big upset weekend, really. Vikings beat them 27-20. to It was a really good game. Vikings actually really handled the Chargers very well in this situation. They they did not play poorly at all. Justin Herbert had himself a rough game. Kirk Cousins came out firing, though, 25 for 37, 294, two touchdowns. He didn't have a bad day. The story for the Vikings, though, was old Justin Jefferson had had enough. Nine receptions, 143. I mean, he had a big game. Is Justin Jefferson just still one of the – I think he's a top-five receiver in all of football, don't you? Oh, I totally agree. He, he definitely is. I, he had a slow-ish start, but he's still one of those marquee receivers. Yeah, he's coming on hot. He's right now. He's he's nearing that 750-yard range, which is actually pretty good for for this time in the season. It means that he's easily going to break a thousand as as long as he continues on this pace. I, I really like Justin Jefferson. I think he's one of the future guys of this league. He's one of the feature guys of this league, and and the Vikings got a stud. At the same time, the Chargers. This is one of those things right now, like, and, and everybody should take note here. This is how crazy the standings are in this league right now. The Chargers right now, going into that last week, were in first place in their division. The Chiefs going into last week were in last place in their division. Guess who is now in first place in that division? The Chiefs. The Chiefs right now at 6-4. and four. So, I mean, that shows you how tight that AFC West is. Are the Chargers in trouble here? Do you think they're still a playoff team? I mean, I think well, they're still a playoff team, but the AFC is so versatile right now. It's going to be an insane finish. It's almost a very middle of the road conference right now. I, I really believe that. You, you, we always talk about how the the NFC is so top heavy. I really think the AFC is is incredibly competitive, and you've got a lot of teams right now that are sitting at 5-3, I mean, these teams are all very middle of the road, and you got the one team, and in, in they're, they're running away right now. You've got one team running away, and then you got the rest of them like, eh, 
yeah, this is fine. So, I, I mean, the, you got the Titans sitting at that 8-2 and two mark, and they're the only team that's running away with things. And I'm not even sure it's gonna, it's even running away. It, it can change there pretty quick. Oh, yeah. A couple of weeks, and we're having a different conversation. So, I mean, it's it's getting interesting. Um, another one another one for the upset side of things. The Panthers go out and beat the Cardinals 34-10. to Cam Newton makes his debut with the Panthers. We know he signed on last week. He's actually set to get the start this week. Cam scores two touchdowns, one by one through the air, one with his legs. I mean, are the Cardinals, I mean, are they nothing without Kyler Murray at this point? I mean, I know they got the one win, with, and now they're, they're, I mean, they got spanked by Carolina this week. I think I think part of it, too, is they also didn't have Hopkins. Yeah, that was probably a big um, factor. So you're missing both those two, that, that's that's major hits. For sure, I think. I think and I think most teams would be, would be significantly, um, less prepared without their franchise quarterback. So I, 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 I don't put a lot of stock in, in the changing the guard happening here, mm-hmm. but it, it does. It, it does, I think it speaks volumes of how important Murray is to this team. Yep. And Hopkins for that matter. Uh, and, and for the Panthers, I mean, are we, are we excited about Cam Newton at this point? I'm going to throw out a, 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 an opinion. My, my dad has on this one. He believes that uh, Cam's going to play good enough to get him to the playoffs and good enough to get get himself a new contract. And then once the new contract hits next year, back to old Cam. That is 100% exactly what I was thinking. I, I think that that's where he's headed. He's going to play well enough for, if even if it's not the Panthers, some team's going to go out there and, and they're not going to toss him. I don't think they're going to toss him Dak Prescott money, but I, I really do think that they're going to go and say, hey, here, have a $25 million deal for a couple of years, and we'll see how it works out. I think it's going to be a three-year deal, something something along those lines. But I don't think Cam Newton gets anywhere near, you know, 45 or 40. No, 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 no. No, I, I don't think he gets but that far. I think, given the scenario in, in current state, is Panthers are in the playoffs. Right now at 5-5, five and five, the, the jury is still out for me. I want to see – and, and – you know, Christian McCaffrey came back and he had himself a hell of a game. I have a few concerns when it comes to the Panthers. My concern number one is Christian McCaffrey and his health. Can he stay healthy? We saw him get hurt last year, come back, and then go down again a couple weeks later, and then he was out the rest of the year. And and so we, I want to see what his durability looks like. The second thing I'm concerned with is I want to see if this, this Cam Newton situation that we're going through here, I want to see if it's just an anomaly or if Cam Newton is going to come out and be the Cam Newton that we've grown to know and love over the last several years and and not the Cam Newton that we saw last year in New England. So, I mean, there's there, there's questions as far as the Panthers go. Because if he comes out and he's the Cam Newton that we saw last year in New England, then this team isn't getting anywhere near the playoffs. And I think that they're going to wind up, you know, missing and they're they're probably going to win maybe two more games. When was that? Is that fair? Yeah, it, it depends on how Cam comes out, but... Yeah, if he plays anywhere close to what he did last week, then we're in for a weird deep playoff run. You think it's deep? If Cam plays how he did last week, and you got a healthy McCaffrey, yeah, this, this team can win Super Bowl. How Cam played last week? I mean, he had two goal line touches for the two touchdowns. But I can't say how he played last week is is an accurate depiction of it. But I, I will say that if Cam comes out and looks like the starting quarterback that we saw. You know, through, I mean, all the way through 2018, then I think we're, this is a different conversation. I mean, if we, if we get that caliber of play from him, I think we're talking about a, a playoff team that 
I think they'll go to the divisional round. I don't think they're going any further than that. But I think this is a playoff team that could go to the divisional round. I think that's a, a, a pretty fair assessment. I would agree. Yep. Uh, next up, you got the Eagles uh, upsetting the Broncos 30-13. to 13. Uh, The Broncos are kind of bipolar in this situation. They the One week they show up and they, they look like world beaters and destroy the Cowboys. And then the next week they drop one of the Eagles. Is Jalen Hurts finding his footing here, or is he the real? Is he just, you know, is this fool's gold, or is he the real deal? I I said it last week. I believe Jalen Hurts is the real deal. I think they just need to build a team around him. But I think Hurts is coming to his zone, and and he's had the proper sophomore improvement that I would expect to see from a quarterback. I, I'd want to be my franchise quarterback. I I've seen improvement from him. I will say that, and and I will agree with you there. I have seen improvement. You know, the, the numbers aren't world-beating numbers. That's one thing I want to point out. I mean, we're talking, I mean, his numbers from this week, 16 for 23 for 178. He had two touchdowns and a pick. I mean, they, they aren't world-beating numbers. Have I seen improvement? Yes, but I don't know that this guy is a franchise quarterback still. I think he got, he put, and you're going to hate this terminology, but I've, I've used it for you before. He pulled a Joe Flacco this week. For the last two weeks, he really has. He has stood back and hidden behind a tremendous run game with Jordan Howard and Boston Scott as this this two-headed monster. I mean, and respectively, Jordan Howard put up 83 yards, Boston Scott put up 81 yards. Howard did it on 12 carries, Scott did it on 11 carries. They're average. But, but we can't ignore the fact that, that Hurts himself also made plays on his feet too and put up 55 yards of his own. Yeah, he put up 53 yards of his own, but I mean, like, he hid. He hid behind those guys. Those guys are the reason that they won this football game. I, I truly believe that. I don't think that, that you know, like, there's a lot of quarterbacks out there that, that make plays that are off script, and that's great. But I don't I don't buy I mean, it. I view it the other way. I feel like Jalen Hurts opened up the game. I feel like um, Howard and Scott rip the reward of Hurts being the quarterback he is because Howard and Scott are both trash running backs. I Howard's mean, well past his prime. Boston Scott's just trash. I mean, Jordan Howard, I mean, this is the second week in a row he's had a good game. Uh, last week he had two touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. But, I mean, it, or not last week, but the week before he had two touchdowns. I, I really believe that the, this team, and, and you we got to see it before, like when Miles Sanders was in the, in the game. And that's that, that kind of what that's kind of what raises the questions. I mean, I know you and I don't buy Miles Sanders. I, I've never bought Miles Sanders. You've never bought Miles Sanders. But Miles Sanders, he was supposed to be the real deal for this team. And if if it is what you say it is, where Jordan Howard and Boston Scott, because I don't think Boston Scott is that much better than Miles Sanders. But if it is what you say it is, and Jalen Hurts does open up things as the quarterback of the Eagles for these running backs, Where's Miles Sanders in all this? Either Miles Sanders is really like high school level running back here, or it's not actually true, and you've got two really good two running backs that really opened things up and really took care of business. I want to see what Jalen Hurts does. Miles Sanders set to return this week. I want to see if this Eagles team turns it around with Miles Sanders on the field. If Miles Sanders does in fact come back this week, he's been designated to come back, and and he's expected to play. So I, I want to see what happens. But I think the Eagles, I mean, the, the one good thing I can say about the Eagles is they, they established an identity with the running game. They, and, and we didn't see that with the Eagles for quite some time. And I feel like they did establish an identity with the running game in this. 
I still have questions. I, I, I've seen, like I said, I've seen improvement out of, out of Jalen Hurts, but I don't know that this is going to be a regular thing. I want to see if Jalen Hurts is going to truly become that franchise QB for the Eagles or if this guy's just going to fall apart in a year or two and he's just going to be an anomaly. So we're, we're going to see. And now the Broncos on the other end, I mean, Tyler, what, what do you take away from this? I mean, the, the big news is that Teddy Bridgewater didn't make a tackle. That's that's basically the big news out of this game. What do you make of that? Is, is Teddy Bridgewater a bum? What what are you, what's the story here? You know, I don't know. This, this team is seems to be so bipolar. Right? It's it's hard to kind of dictate what their direction is. Because on one sense, uh, Bridgewater didn't play terrible. But on another on another end, um, this Denver defense doesn't really have a, a defensive ID identity anymore. Yeah, they don't. Not like they used to. And, and granted, there are certain guys that are out. You know, Chubb is, has not been playing. I mean, I know they've got a great safety in Justin Simmons over there, but they, they've got some work to do. And here's here's my thing about, about first of all, their running attack. I think Javante Williams should be their starter. I believe in that. I, I don't buy Melvin Gordon. I don't understand this two-headed attack thing that they're doing. I think it's silly. I think Javante Williams is the better running back, and Javante Williams should be taking over the starting role. It's just silly getting one guy nine carries, one guy one guy eight carries. I understand load management. This is taking it overboard. But one thing I will say is I think Teddy Bridgewater, what, what Teddy Bridgewater showed this last game was that Teddy Bridgewater is about Teddy Bridgewater, and Teddy Bridgewater is about protecting Teddy Bridgewater. When that turnover happened and – the defensive back is, is, you know, running it down the field. Bridgewater had every opportunity to make that tackle. And, you know, he, he excuses it as, oh, I was trying to direct him into my, my teammate so my teammate could tackle. No, you were a chicken shit, and you didn't make the tackle. You didn't try to go for it. I think Teddy Bridgewater, in, in my opinion, with, that, with what he did in that situation, I think he looks like a prima donna in this situation. I, I think that he's he thinks he's bigger than he is, and... I really think that he was just trying to make sure, oh, I better not try and make this tackle because I am i don't want to run the risk of any sort of injury whatsoever. I mean, what say you about that? I mean, I, 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 I've I, always kind of been against the uh, quarterbacks not trying when it comes to to uh, uh, turnover or having to play defense. And you, you see with a lot of them, I, I, I don't think you can just put this on on uh, on Bridgewater. So I, but it, it is telling that he didn't want to take the hit or worth getting pushed over or anything like that. Yeah, and I mean it was a defensive back. It wasn't like it was a big lineman coming down the field. It was a defensive back. So I'm I, that's where I'm kind of like, eh, I don't I don't like that. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater plays for the Broncos after the season. See, Bridgewater's numbers are, are good though. I, I I think Bridgewater gets an extension. Oh, he's on pace. He's on pace for, for twenty five touchdowns and four thousand yards. They they can have him. I'll, I'll just take him. Because I don't want them. <laughs> um, next up, you got the Packers and the Seahawks. Packers shut out the Seahawks 17 to nothing. Uh, I mean, the one thing that, that I want to point out here is that everybody is calling this game a quote-unquote blowout. Okay? It was 3 to nothing after three quarters, folks. Okay, so before we even get started calling this a blowout, let's just cut the shit. This is, this is a uh, not a blowout by any any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Packers put up 14 in the fourth quarter. They get the W. Aaron Rodgers has himself an all right game. Russell Wilson looked awful in this game. 
Is Russell Wilson still affected by the hand? Should he even be on the field right now? I think he's still affected by the hand, but he is your best chance to win. I don't think he should be on the field, and I think our, our dreams are coming true, Tyler. I think the Seahawks are missing the playoffs this year. They're now 3-6, and six, unless something magical happens. I think the Seahawks are cooked, don't you? Uh, at this point, I, I, I agree. Yeah, I'm, I think that's what it is. And it's starting to look like for the Packers side, it looks like they're going to wind up facing the Cardinals in the NFC title game at this rate. Don't, uh, doesn't it seem that way? Yeah, maybe. I, I, I think uh, Dallas is going to be a big wild card in that. Yeah, Dallas and, and you know, you, you got some other teams that are, are kind of shining a little bit that are going, hmm, I mean, the Rams are, are still there. Uh, but next up, you got the Chiefs and the Raiders. Chiefs beat the Raiders 41-14. Patty Mahomes comes out, plays some of his best football of the season, five touchdowns on the day. Tyler is, I mean, are the are the Chiefs back? I mean, they, they dominated the Raiders here. The AFC, we talked about them being very middle heavy. The AFC dicked around too long. The Chiefs will have the first round bye. Wow. That's that's ballsy. The Chiefs uh, don't lose another game. You don't think they lose another game? Nope. Ooh, buddy. Well, I, I think everything started to click. I, I think the AFC might be in trouble. I think they dicked around too long. Yep. Well, from my fantasy perspective, I really hope Mahomes just continues to go off. But and in particular, I think that division dicked around too long. They 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 all they all have these weird losses. Broncos, Raiders, and Chargers they had an opportunity to um really put Chiefs in the cellar, and, and they didn't pull the trigger. They, they all dicked around too long. Yep, and, and the Chiefs go from worst to first in this situation with a dominating victory, divisional victory, on top of it, which is, is it really says something about the, the Raiders right now uh, with how poorly they played against a very bad Chiefs team. And yes. uh, last but not least, Monday Night Football, Rams get dominated by the 49ers in this game. 49ers dominated uh, with time of possession, really. That was the, the really big key to this game. The Rams could not stop the run for the life of them. And uh, then on top of it, you know, Jimmy G goes out and, and chucks a 40-yard touchdown pass to Debo Samuel. I mean, Debo looks good in this game, and he has gouged the Rams ever since he came into the league. Jimmy G only threw the, the ball 19 times in this game to beat the Rams. The, the, the real story here was, was guys like Elijah Mitchell and Jeffrey Wilson and, and obviously Debo and even George Kittle getting involved. The, the Niners, I mean, are they on the upswing here, or was this to, uh, is this an anomaly, or is it just the Rams on the downswing? Have the Rams been figured out? Is Stafford falling apart? I, see, I don't know. I, 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 I see think Stafford, i got to be honest with you, Tyler. I see Matt Stafford, and, and I, this is like Lions' Matt Stafford. That's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing Lions' Matt Stafford where he gets down and he can't get back up. It aren't, don't you? Uh, yes and no. I, th- I think part. I think they're in a little bit of a rut right now. I, I think part of it is um, Stafford, and I'm not necessarily saying that Beckham demanded it because he probably didn't. But I think there's a level of um, the Rams know they just lost Woods. They they, they know they got to in a way kind of keep Beckham happy because they need him now. And I, I think there's a little bit of ball forcing to kind of appease that, and, and you're and you're kind of seeing the outcome. I, I I I wholeheartedly believe that Beckham is a cancer to any locker room he's a part of. I, I'm with you on that. Uh, I think part of it is Beckham getting, you know, and they tried to force the ball to him. One of them was for a bad interception. But I also think that that um, Matt Stafford, when this this is what we saw back when he was at the Lions, where, where when he, he'd get down and he couldn't dig himself back out of that hole that he put himself in. 
And here we are, you know, Matt Stafford unable to do that. And then on top of it, if you look at, at what the, the Niners did, the Niners just kept the ball out of the Rams' hands. They just ran so effectively. Elijah Mitchell, is he going to be a top 10 running back in this league moving forward? I, I think he's um definitely um, solidified that he's the running back for this team. I agree. I don't think Raheem Mostert has a job after this season. I don't either. Yeah, I, I, I believe that Elijah Mitchell is the real deal. He, he's the real thing. And, and I, I think he beat out Raheem Mostert because Raheem Mostert is not durable enough for them. But uh, those are your scores for uh, week 10 in the NFL. Now, Tyler, we've got, uh, we got some uh, rankings here. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you for an edition of what we like to call Tyler's Top 10. Tyler's Top 10. And uh, what, a, uh, what a week we had. A lot of big performances. I mean, you, but you did make it a little difficult for me finding some of these, these guys for uh, Freytown's Forgotten. So, Tyler, hit me with some of that Top 10 action. It was it was a bit of a different week. I went I went I went I took some left turns this week on you, and, and uh, starting off, we're, we're gonna go with he's te- he's not there yet. He's technically tied, but we now have number ten is the person who is tied for first in most rush yards in this in the in the league. Jonathan Taylor, twenty one carries, one hundred sixteen yards, and a touchdown. I think right now he's the best running back in football. I really do. Without it, Henry in the field, one hundred percent. Yeah, with, with, without Henry on the field, obviously. I think Derrick Henry is incredible, but I think Jonathan Taylor, I mean, you, when we were talking about, like, from a fantasy perspective, you, you talk about Jonathan Taylor, he was always ranked, like, number 10. Now we're talking about him ranked as, like, number two or three. And and I don't think, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't think it's even up for debate. He's such a versatile weapon for them, and he has shown up time and time again for the Colts. And it's really a lot of it is him single-handedly dragging this team on his back with him. He's such a monster. And then you add him and Michael Pittman together. It's incredible. They're about what, like, they're like an Aaron Rodgers away from being one of the most dangerous teams in football. Don't you agree? I don't even think it's that. To me, they, if they're a defense away. This, this team is, is one of those teams, like, with the, with the way this season's going, could win a Super Bowl in its current state. I, I agree with that. Um, I, I think Carson Wentz, he, he, when he gets hot, he gets really hot. And when he doesn't, he get, he doesn't. But, uh, but, but yeah. Wentz hasn't really had a bad game all season. Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't. So, I mean, he, I, he's got a 17 to 3 touchdown interception ratio. He's 11th in yards. He's No one can say Carson Wentz hasn't performed because he's performing week in, week out. He is. I, I think that Jonathan Taylor, though, is the main reason that this team is is alive and well, don't you? Oh, uh, he's a he's a very big part of that reason. Yeah, the 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 I think he's the biggest. Honestly, I think he's the biggest. I mean, huge games constantly from Jonathan Taylor. I love the guy. Number nine, Justin Jefferson, nine receptions, 143 yards, did not get the end zone. Yeah, the so. Uh, Clint Kubiak said that he was going to get the ball to Justin Jefferson more. One of the big issues that people were having with Clint Kubiak was that he wasn't getting Justin Jefferson the ball. Uh, one game, C.J. Ham actually got more targets than both Jefferson and Thielen. That was two games ago. So that's obviously that was obviously a problem. But wouldn't you know it, the Vikings get a W this week. And, you know, you, you 
threw the ball consistently to your best offensive player? Oh, who would have thought? And you won. Oh, wow. Who would have thought that was a thing? Uh, the conservative play calling went away for, for at least a week, and we got to see Justin Jefferson thrive, and we got to see the Vikings thrive. I, I think Justin Jefferson is, right now, he's the best player on that offense. And I don't think it can be argued at this stage of the game. I know everybody likes Dalvin Cook. I like Dalvin Cook. But Dalvin Cook is injury prone. Justin Jefferson is the big playmaker here. I think Justin Jefferson, he's the guy you really need to be building the offense around, if anything, if anyone. So, yeah, I, I was really happy with his performance from, from old Jay Jets there. Uh, we didn't get to see a gritty, but lots of yardage for him, and he's a huge reason why the Vikings uh, got the W this past week. Number seven, Ramondre Stevenson, 20 carries, 100 yards, and two touchdowns. I know you love the guy, and I know that you want to see him on the field over Damian Harris, but I don't think this is this is his team. I think this day is still Damian Harris's team, but I think he showed that he can be a number one back. Don't you? I think he definitely can. Yeah, I, you know, he, he kind of he sort of reminds me of Wayne Gallman last year. Uh, Gallman was really really red hot when Saquon went down last season and performed at a really high level. And I kind of look at Stevenson like a Wayne Gallman in this situation. I think that if it's a, it's a good problem for the Patriots to have having him as a, as a backup. And I think that's kind of where he's trending. I think he's going to be trending toward that high end backup situation. And nobody saw him coming other than maybe a guy in our fantasy league named Craig, who, who good, good on him for having him sitting on his bench and having him available. But uh, Stevenson, yeah, he's, he's, He's a high-end backup at this point, I think, and I think he has the potential to be a starter in this league. I guess I look at it from the perspective of Stevenson's already already matched what Gallman did all year, and that's a one singular 100-yard game. Gallman well, only broke 100 one time last season. Well, Gallman, yeah, he didn't break 100 yards a whole lot, and granted, Gallman was also playing for a very inept uh, Giants team that, that was missing a lot of weapons. But Gallman played really effectively for the Giants. He got he had a couple of really good games for them, and and I I like Wayne Gallman. I th I think he's he's a, a damn good running back. I think that and he's actually if if I'm not mistaken, they're getting ready to have him take over in Atlanta as their starting running back. I mean I I believe in Wayne Gallman. So but I I think Stevenson it, it, is he maybe more of an athlete? That's possible. I mean Gallman I mean. If you look at a lot of his numbers, he, he we're talking about a you know four point one average, which is not a bad average. I I, I like Wayne Gallman, but I think Stevenson, he's a damn good running back. I think he's a high end backup, and I think that's where he's going to be and how he's going to be. Number six, Daryl Williams, one hundred forty four yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. You know he gets a lot of uh, catches out of the backfield. I think he should be getting more handoffs. I think uh, Williams had himself a very good game this past week. He's been weirdly quiet. I think they, I, he should be the starter over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, in my opinion. But maybe that's just one man's opinion. So I, I believe in, in, uh, I, be, I believe in, in, you know, what he's doing. I, I think he's, I, I like what the Chiefs are doing with him uh, when he starts, and I think he should overtake Clyde Edwards-Hilaire this year, don't you? I don't know. I, I, I think it, it really you like clock. I'm not saying I do. I'm just saying I, I, I think 
Darrell Williams is playing for a team that showcases ability of running backs better than t- actual talent. I don't think Darrell Williams is actually that talented. I think he's just got a good a, a good running back minded coach that he's playing with. And that might very well be the case. I mean, if that but if that was the case, then Clyde Edwards Hilaire wouldn't have had his his numbers dip so drastically last season. I'm, but Darrell Williams' numbers haven't really been fantastic either, though. Yeah, I, well, if that, I, I don't know about all that. I, I think Darrell Williams, he had a really – are his numbers great? No, but he also hasn't been starting. That's been the problem with Williams is he hasn't been starting. He hasn't been getting the love. He hasn't been getting he's, – He's been starting since the middle of September. He's got a 3.6 average. And, and would you attribute that to the Mahomes situation? You could say the same thing about Everett Hilaire, though, too, in, in his games. And Everett Hilaire last season had a had a better average when Mahomes was better than than what than what Darrell Williams has now. And in the few games that he played this year, he had a better average. Ever, ever, of the two, I don't like either one, but of the two, Everett Hilaire is the better running back. I, I in my opinion, I disagree with that. Looking at the numbers, Edwards Hilaire had two games against two bad running defenses, 102 and 100 yards. The Chargers running defense is dead last in the league. The Eagles defense is one of the lowest in the league. He had 102 and 100 yards. Outside of that, when he took on teams that were actually relevant on the defensive side of the football, he had 46, 43, and 13 yards. Yeah, yet Darrell Williams has, has only been over 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 four, four, 50 twice. Like, and, they're, the same, he, they're the same running back. They're both they're both mediocre, shouldn't be starting running backs in this league. He, he had more carries than, than Williams as well. In, in those games, other than the Bills game when he got hurt. And Williams has only been starting since September. No, October. October the 11th is the, the exact day. And he wasn't even starting in that game. He came in on October 11th as a reserve when uh, William, when Edward Teller went down. Okay, so since then, he's only had above a, uh, a, a four average one time. And he's had far less carries, far less carries. In the Titans game, he only had five. I mean, no, just, that's that's what we're, uh, you know. At the end of the day, I, I buy Daryl Williams a lot more than I do uh, than I do Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Their I, average carries per game is not too far off. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I'm, they, they they're both they both should not be stars in this is what I'm saying. Neither Daryl Williams proven to me that he's not a starting running back. I think he he's, could he's be a backup. Given a full workload, and I and I don't I don't think Edward Teller, you know, Edward Teller has been given a full workload in the past, and he hasn't shown up. Daryl Williams, if he was given a full workload, I think is a different discussion. I think if Daryl Williams is getting twenty plus carries a game, like a lot of the star running backs in this league, then we're having a different discussion. I think he winds up tearing it up. But Clyde Edwards Hilaire has gotten full workloads in this league, and he's shown that he isn't a starter in this league. So I want to see and, what Williams does with a full And Williams did, had a full workload. He had 21 carries and could only muster up 62 yards. Against I'm I'm with you on 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 Edwards Hilaire, but but it's not act like Daryl Williams is a world beard, not even close. I, I want to see what uh, I want to see what Williams does with an actual full workload. That's what I want to see. You'll be disappointed. I, I don't think so. But he did have a really good game this week. Good show, okay, because the, the stats show the more carries he gets, the less his average is. And that might very well be the case. You know, but I want to I want to see what he does. But he did, like I said, he had a very good game this week. Yeah, this week he had a very good game. 
but we'll see how, how that continues. Number five, um, can't believe I'm putting a receiver in the category of scrimmage yards here, but Debo Samuel, 133 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. Debo blew up. He blew up. I, I'm fascinated by, by what Debo did. Also, just want to throw it out there. Number one rush defense in the league, Washington Redskins, or uh, football team, rather. And that was the team that Daryl Williams had the 21 carries against. Just throwing that out there. So um, that's what I was typing in and looking up. But Debo Samuel, huge game. I, I think he, he gouges the Rams every single time they, they come across each other. He is, when he's healthy, he's one of the best receivers in the league. When he's on his shit, I mean, you're, you're talking about Debo Samuel being possibly top 10, maybe even top five if he, if he gets the ball thrown his way. They used him. At, they like using him in these like gadget plays, which I'm really not a fan of. I think Debo's capable of making plays in traffic and making catches in traffic. He's faster than hell. I don't understand like why they don't use him more. Like last season, they were like really throwing the ball a lot to like Brandon Ayuk and stuff, which was weird. And, and Ayuk, he's shown that he's capable, but is he Debo Samuel? Not by any stretch. I like Debo Samuel a lot. I think I think he's spot on. And, uh, and he's second, he's second in the league in yards. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the thing when you use him. And, but he, I, I think he also, he's leading the, the, the 49ers in, in a lot of the, the, the passing categories too, as far as like attempts thrown his, you know, uh, uh, passes thrown his way and whatever the case. Oh, for sure. I, I think he's like dominating that they were, they were talking about it on the, on the broadcast. He's dominating it by some like obscene number. So it, it wouldn't surprise me to see Debo Samuel continue this trend if, but you know, they, they've really got to start getting a little bit of like a load management for him, I think, because otherwise, you know, given his injury history, you're going to see Debo Samuel get hurt at some point here. They need to get him like a true number two. And I don't think Brandon Ayuk is the guy to support him. He's got double the amount of targets to the next closest person. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's the thing. I, and that's why load management comes up as far as Debo goes. In this but situation. but even even then, I don't know if load management is even necessary because this this is a running team. Because if you look at targets in the league, he's not even top ten. Yeah, I mean that that could be the case. I mean it's it, it, I don't know. I I feel like he's just going to get walloped here. He's I really, only got eight, he's only got eighty six targets. Now understand also Debo Samuel. I think he was hurt for a part of the season. I don't think he played every game this year. Has he? He played every game. Did he? Wow. He left the game early, but he didn't end up missing any time. Wow. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, he's he's pretty incredible. He's a big play guy. I would like to see, and and for the record, I had predicted, by the way, Debo Samuel to be a uh, a stud when he got drafted. So just just throwing that out there. But yeah, I think I think Debo Samuel. He's obviously the number one in San Francisco, but they've got to get him a number two. They have to get him like a supporting guy. I think that's where it's got to go. I don't think Brandon Ayuk is that guy. They need to get him a true number two over there, but he's still performing at a really, really high level. So I, I, I think that's, that's uh, really incredible. And uh, he set a franchise record with 961 yards, I mean, back in 2019. So <laughs> it's, it's pretty outstanding uh, seeing this guy. And, and the way he's developed for the 49ers. So it's occurred to me that I completely skipped over somebody. Who's that? I went, I went from number nine to number seven. I, I, I missed number eight. Oh, 
Wow, so, I did, I'm, I'm amazed I didn't even notice it. Number eight, Levante David, 14 tackles, one forced fumble. Yeah, taking a page out of my book, putting defensive players on there now, huh? Yeah, you can't deny, especially since the offensive stats weren't didn't like jump off the page this week, and you can't deny 14 tackles and a forced fumble. Yeah, Levante David is a great player. Uh, he's he's always been kind of one of those heart and soul guys of the Buccaneers defense. And yeah, I, I like Levante David a lot. He had a hell of a game uh, in spite of the loss. And yeah, I, I really think that the the Buccaneers defense, him and, and uh, Shaq Barrett more so than uh, than Mr. White out there, I think those two are kind of the heart and souls of that linebacking squad and that front seven, as opposed to, you know, uh, uh, Devin White. So yeah, I, I, I'm with this and I, I thought he had himself a hell of a game. And speaking of Mr. White, number four is Devin White with 18 tackles, a league leading, as well as having two sacks. He had himself a game. I'll give him that. I don't think he's as good. I don't think he's like the heart and soul guy of that of that defense still. I think he, he when he came out in the draft, one thing that they really pointed out was side by or side to side motion, um, his ability to cover the whole field uh, in a very quick motion. He had himself a good game. But I don't think he's, you know, on the same level as as Barrett or Levante David, if I'm being honest. See, I think I, he's I think he's better than than Barrett. Really? I do. Barrett had him has been having himself a, a number of good years here. I mean, we're I, I think Shaq Barrett is is way better. They're different players. I, I but if I if I'm picking one to ride my franchise with, I'm I'm going Devin White. Wow. Hey, and and more power to you. I I really believe that. Um, like I said, I I I think like you said, they're different players. Shaq Barrett is more of a pass rushing and a, kind of an edge rusher. Uh, I mean, and he and he does that very well. You know, his pass rushing but, is and, outstanding. But then Devin, yeah, Devin White's kind of a lot more like like Levante David. I take Devin White over Levante David as well. You you like the coverage, huh? I, he, he's got the coverage, and he's and he's also leading the team in quarterback hits. Wow. Yeah, I, I, just, I like I, Devin White. I like the I like the pass rusher. I, I've always been a big fan of the pass rusher. Now Devin and, and 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 your pass rusher doesn't have as many quarterback kits as Devin White does. Yeah, but he he carries a seventy nine point four PFF grade over uh, Devin White's fifty one point nine. Just throwing that out there. It's only a partial stat. <laughs> I mean, if you want me to go through the coverage and the pass rush stuff, I can. I mean, that's no problem. But number three, Stefan Diggs, eight receptions, 162 yards and a touchdown. It's his best game of the year. And and I've been wondering where Steph Diggs is uh, because he, he hasn't shown up for the last several games. I mean, he like, we've been getting a lot of 60 yards here and, you know, um, you know, it, it's it's been just a very interesting situation. 60 yards here and. 70 yards here. He hasn't had that one really big blowout game that we were really looking for. And uh, we finally got it out of Steph Diggs. So, but at the same time, quietly, he's still top seven in, in receiving yards. Yeah, he is. He is. But, I, I mean, it, it just hasn't been blowout Stephon Diggs. Like, a lot of people thought that Stephon Diggs was going to, like, lead the league in every receiving category known to man. And that that has not been the case, you know, this season. There, he's actually – even though he's he's sitting there in a situation where he's you know top whatever, I I I don't think Diggs. Ha- this has technically been a regression for him, hasn't it? 
Well, from last year for sure, but yeah. At the same time, though, I don't know. Well, how many games in are we? Are they? Are they uh, nine games in? Yeah, something like that. He's on pace for thirteen hundred yards. I, I, I would say no. You can't call it a regression. Really? He's on pace. To, he's on pace to be under his um fifteen hundred from last season. But it's almost not even fair to call a regret a call a regression from from a uh from like a league leading when when you're on pace for still be your second highest career. Yeah, and that may very very well be the case. But yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I I think it's still somewhat of a regression. I really do. He's on pace for the second most touchdowns in his career. And and you know, he he's gotten a lot of red zone targets from Josh Allen. He really has. I think he's regressed a little bit. I don't think Steph Diggs has been, you know, the same Steph Diggs we saw last year, you know, leading the league in targets and and all that other stuff. Has he played well? Yeah, I'm not saying he didn't play well. But has he had those blowout performances before this game? I don't really, I don't really see it. I mean, time will tell. Yeah. Number two, Jimmy Ward. Two interceptions in one of those was, was a pick six. A very direct impact that changed the course of that Rams-Niners game for the rest of that game. Ward had himself an outstanding game. Uh, both picks were great. The one was a pick six. I, he played really, really well. I really liked what he was he was doing in this situation. Um, really an outstanding. Um, yeah, you know he he definitely had himself an amazing game. It, it he he flustered uh, Stafford early and often, and 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 it really changed the course of that game. Yeah, it did. It really did. Uh, it, and and Stafford he didn't go that way a whole lot more after that, if you notice. And and granted, one of those one of those picks was a. For Stafford was a, a bobble by Higby, Higby, which was just terrible. But number one, to the surprise of nobody this week, is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. 35 for 50, 406, and five touchdowns. Five TDs on the game. He was outstanding. I really liked what uh, Mahomes was doing in this game. He maneuvered well out of the pocket. I mean, he he just killed it. He killed it. And, and I, I was just thoroughly impressed. With, with what he did and, and everything he accomplished in that game. Five TDs on the day. He was finding everybody. I mean, he's accurate. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Patrick Mahomes looked like the Patrick Mahomes of old. He was looking to shut up the critics, and, and it sounds like he, he really did in this situation. I mean, it was, it was an awesome performance from him. Now, Tyler, uh, real quick before I, I jump into the next part here, I want to point out one thing. Steph Diggs through 10 games here. He's he's got two games over 100 yards. One's for 162, one's for 114. If you look at his games through the first 10 last year, 86, 153, down one and one he had 49 yards, then he had 115, 106, and then he had 46, 48, 92, 118, 93. Then he had a down one for 39, 92, 130, 147, 145. Those were those were his game logs. And that's and that's fine. I I, I just can't call call it a regret. I mean, it's technically a regression, but I, I just can't call a on pace for 1300 yards a regression. That's still what you'd expect your number one receiver to do. I mean, I I don't, and maybe that is the case. I I mean, I see I what I see is I see 69, 60, 62, and then a big one at 114, 69. 89, 40, 
85. So maybe, and, and we'll see how the rest of the year plays out and see if he, if he winds up, you know, booming late like he did last year. But I, I would argue to say that, that, uh, that he's actually becoming less boomer bust and more consistent. Yeah, it, that that might be the case. I mean, I I I would much rather have. Let's see, it was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven games last season where he he had big, huge numbers. This year, he's got in one, two, three, four games where he's had big, huge numbers. So he's got a long way to go if he's going to wind up catching it. 1,535 yards last year. So it, it is, technically speaking, a 200-yard regression from last year. Um, but that's, that, like, that's, like, that's like saying that um, any player who's ever like broken a record, of, he, he's, he's getting worse. And I don't but, know that he's you know, necessarily getting worse, but it, it is a little bit of a regression from the Steph Diggs stuff that we saw last year. It's a 200-yard regression. By the numbers, it is, whether we like it or not. I still think he ends up having a better season than last season. I think he's just now starting to warm up. And if he does, great. Good for him. You know, I but it so far it has yet to be seen. Now, moving into a little segment we like to call Freytown's Forgotten Fun. Freytown's Forgotten Five, and I've got five guys that I found that uh, I think had themselves a good game. Number five, Mac Jones, 19 for 23, 198, three touchdowns. The yardage numbers weren't there, but the touchdown numbers were. Is Mac Jones just getting better and better week over week, Tyler? Absolutely. I think he's proven us wrong big time that he is the real deal. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, next up, number four goes to Josh Allen, 21 for 28, 366, two touchdowns and a pick. Josh Allen, you know, the the one interception kind of kept him a little lower on the list than I would have liked to put him, but the two touchdowns, 366 yards, monster game for him, 21 for 28. I mean, he had himself a, a hell of a fun time, not to mention he was playing the Jets in this situation. So, you know, I, I couldn't couldn't in good conscience move him you know, right to the top of the list, but he did have himself one hell of a game. And uh, Steph Diggs did account for 160 yards of that 366. So Josh Allen getting it done. Uh, number three goes to DeAndre Sift. Uh, Sift, easy for me to say. DeAndre Swift, 33 carries, 130 yards. You know, the average wasn't there, but the workload was against a very good Steelers run defense. Is DeAndre Swift the real deal? I mean, do you, do you like him a lot? Do you still think that the Lions need to run him more? What's your take, Tyler? DeAndre Swift um, is still going to end up being one of the best running backs in this league. I, I like DeAndre Swift a lot. I do, too. Uh, next up, number two goes to Najee Harris. 26 carries for 105 yards. He also had four receptions for 28 yards, 133 yards from scrimmage for old Najee. I understand it's against the Lions here, Tyler. But Najee Harris did have himself a very good game. Uh, for the Steelers. I, I think he's proving that he's the real deal, don't you? I do too. I, he seems to get better and better every week, and, and I think it's only going to continue. Yeah, the Steelers had a little trouble leaning on him early, and, and the numbers showed it, but when they started to lean on him as a number one back and really get him going, he's really coming to his own. Gotta love what Najee Harris is doing, but the reason that he's not number one is because Christian McCaffrey came back onto the field this week, and he's our number one. He had 13 carries for 95 yards, which is a 7.3 average, which is ridiculous. 
He also had 10 receptions for 66 yards, back up to his own business. He had 161 from scrimmage, and that's why he's number one. 161 yards from scrimmage, Tyler. Doesn't that just make you so happy? It does. It, it feels like we have we have him back, and it's 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 great because when when he's healthy, he's these he is the best running back on the field. Um, yeah. not not Derrick Henry. It's it's CMC. Is he an offensive weapon at this point? Oh, <laughs> I, I think they should just rename it to the CMC position. Like he's reinvented <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I also have breakdowns forgetful five, Tyler. I've got I've got uh, five players that I think that. We uh, can all agree we're just awful this past weekend. Matt Stafford, 26 for 41, 243, one touchdown, two interceptions. He's number five on the list. Uh, and it's hard to believe it gets much worse than that, really. He had just a terrible game. The Niners shook him up. He's been shaken up for the last two games. Matt Stafford did not look good uh, this week. Uh, next up, number four, Baker Mayfield, 11 for 21, 73 yards. A touchdown and a pick. Believe it or not, Tyler, it gets worse than that. <laughs> okay. Number three goes to Russ Wilson, 20 for 40, 161, two touchdowns. Now, Baker would be higher than him, but Baker actually threw a touchdown in that game, or uh, two interceptions for, for Wilson, rather. Baker threw two touchdowns, or a touchdown in the game. Russ Wilson threw two picks. So, I mean, 161, two picks. Is Russ Wilson just. I mean, I don't think he recovers. He's recovering as well from that hand situation as everybody wants to think. I and we 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 hinted on this earlier, and I I agree with you. I th I think he's still not 100. percent Yep. Uh, number two goes to your boy Matt Ryan, nine for 21, 117 two touchdowns. It was Matt Ryan's probably worst performance of his career at this point. Nine for 21, just an awful performance. He got benched for Josh Rosen in this game who immediately came into the game and threw a pick, which has just kind of become a running gag on <laughs> it, 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 it. Has it not? I mean, that's just the, the running gag. Oh, Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen. He just gets made fun of consistently. And last but not least, uh, you, you're really thrilled about this one. Mike white, 24 for 44. He had 251, but he had four picks on the day against the number one defense in the Buffalo bills. Mike white, obviously, I will, I've readily admitted, I'll say it again, I was dead wrong about that guy. I got way too excited after that Bengals game. And, you uh, did. I got, I, you, you got so excited. I, I have expected you to say that, that, you, were, that you were hoping that, that the Vikings would trade Cousins and trade for Mike White to become your new franchise quarterback. Oh, no, I want the Vikings to go much younger than that. But still, you know, Mike White looked awful in this game, and uh, he's now since been benched. And uh, next up... Tyler, we've got our rookie rankings that we're going to be going into here. And they got we 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 got really close in in disparity here, but for a while, but then it's it's starting to it has spread back out significantly. Yeah, some of the guys that that are currently sitting in in on my list, um, there was not a lot of movement on my list. I will say that there's not a lot of movement. Uh, one guy made a return to the list. But I didn't have a ton of movement. I, I had basically the nine of the same top ten guys, and then I had one guy that returned. So, yeah, kind of a, kind of a, uh, an interesting situation. But for me, it's becoming a lot more solidified as the season goes on. There's not room for a lot of movement at this point, in my opinion. 
And, and that's kind of how it's shaking out now. Guys are solidifying themselves as this is my spot. This is what I'm doing. I'm this starter. I'm this kind of player. And, and yeah, that's kind of where they're at. Um, so a, a couple of uh, honorable mentions to people who got put in someone's top 10, but, but not enough to um, be in the top 10. And we have Sam Cosme just on the outside. And we have Elijah Vera Tucker just on the outside. Wow. I'm, I'm fascinated by, by Sam Cosby not being on there as well as he's played this year. I did you, have, him yeah, you had him just inside of yours. I had him just outside of mine. Yeah. Uh, I have, I have the, the problem oh. here is um, you have Vera Tucker at, I'm pretty high, but I don't have Vera Tucker even in my top 20. I'm, which I'm surprised by because Vera I mean, Tucker has played. Of, of everybody who, who, who received a vote, Vera Tucker's got the worst PFF grade for those of you that like to use that stat. But going into the top 10, um, starting with number 10, uh, we have Adafe Owe um, was last at eight. Um, um, he was on the, he's at eight on the one that we didn't broadcast last week because we were going over all the midseason stuff. But he's last at eight, drops to 10. Um, his PFF grade goes up. Um, he actually had one of his best games this past week, despite the, the uh, bad loss against the Dolphins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. did. He had himself a, a, a good game. Owe is still a really great defensive player. Uh, I, th- I still believe that the Ravens got a steal on him. For sure. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm with Adafi Owe. I I believe that he's he's a very good player. I think he's going to wind up consistently being a good player in the in this league and for the Ravens for a long time. He he'll be a star, and if he's not already considered a star, he'll be a star. So I I I agree that, and I think you've got one of the centerpieces to your your defense at this point. Um, in spite of the fact that you know and. I, I know we've made mention of it. You know, Patrick Queen was your your big star last year, really on the defensive side of the ball, and he has sort of regressed this season. I don't see that happening to Adafi Owe, and I think that's only going to help Patrick Queen. And be- there could be, and part of it could be too that with all the injuries, that Patrick Queen is almost almost feels like he needs to do more. Right, and, and so he, he there's, there's not a lot of like star power in that defense, so in turn, it's kind of affecting him being like the. the because you see that a lot. The, the middle linebacker position seems to be affected the most when there's change. Yeah. Yep. And and that might be very well be the case. Uh, I think that him and Owe are starting to to have a bit of a they're, – they're developing a rapport. And and I think that it's only going to get better from here. And Adafi Owe, like I said, draft steal. And I think you guys have a stud in this situation. Number nine – Nate Hobbs, who's been on free fall mode over the last two weeks. Yeah, he I like less than six, and in our last one we broadcast, he was higher than that. I like Nate Hobbs still. Um, I still think he's a, a really, really solid corner. And it's not that he's played bad. That's the thing. He's he's still sitting, and we're, we're talking about PFF grade, 77.6 on his PFF grade. Um, I had Nate Hobbs, you know – is he falling? Yes, but he's falling because a, a lot of guys are playing really, really well. A lot of these rookies are playing at a very high level. So, yeah, Nate Hobbs, you know, I, I like I like Nate Hobbs. I, I still think he's a, a really, really solid corner. And um, I'm amazed that he's falling, but he's sort of always been on the lower, like the bottom five of that list, that top ten list for me. So, yeah, I like Nate Hobbs a lot. Number eight. Oh, and one thing time to talk about players off the list. Now, a couple that that didn't receive votes but are moving up dramatically. I, I was 
I found it curious that you had R- Rondell Moore on yours when realistically Rondell Moore's there's other rookies receivers that are outperforming Rondell Moore, and one of those is Devontae Smith. So Devontae Smith has gotten hot in the last couple of weeks. Uh, he was very kind of lowly uh, starting out the season. I, I mean, I don't. I just didn't see the the and and real to to be fair about the Rondale Moore situation. Uh, I see Rondale Moore and and how hot he was early on in the season, and that's kind of where why Rondale Moore is on that outside looking in situation. Smith has gotten hot recently. He and he's been getting a lot of lot more looks from Jalen Hurts. I just. I had him on the outside looking in. That's why he was near the bottom of that list as well, is because, you know, he, he hasn't for the last couple of weeks been anything uh, spectacular. He's only been above 70 once. That was his 100-yard game, whereas Devontae's been above 71, two, three, four times, two of which were 100-yard games. Right. And and Devontae Smith, you know, like I said, recently came on. Early on, non-factor. So I, I just... You know, I had Rondale Moore sitting on the bottom of my my outside looking in list, and that could very well change over the next several weeks. But I buy Rondale Moore. Um, I, at least I, I have been anyway, but not obviously that much because he's not on my top 10. But then another one that I buy more than both those two right now, and that's Elijah Mitchell. Who's I, also, like Elijah I, I think he's trending up. Elijah Mitchell is trending up. Um, he, he is on the radar, don't get me wrong. But I... Uh, you know, he, he, again, he's another guy that came on recently, uh, you know, and, and he was hurt. Also, availability is one of those things where I want to see, uh, you know, on the field. We've had a guy completely fall off the list in uh, Owusu Karamoa. We had him fall completely off the list because of lack of availability. For a while, Elijah Mitchell, as much as I like him, he wasn't available. So... I would like to see Elijah Mitchell continue his his trend, and right now he's got a broken finger. Um, so the, yeah, I want to see him more on the field. Number eight is Najee Harris. Last at ten, he is currently on pace to. He's not. He's like ten yards off pace on breaking the rookie rush yard record currently held by Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, he's um, Najee is, you know, he came alive. I still had him outside looking in, um, but it, 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 he's like right on the cusp. He's right out, literally right on the cusp. I mean, and, and it has nothing to do with, with him being, again, a bad player. We've been talking about how good of a player he is. Um, he's, he's right there. It's just there have been really good performances. Um, and, and I think that, like, for example, I mean, you got guys like Creed Humphrey, Jabbar Chase, Rashawn Slater, Mac Jones, Pyle Pitts, Nate Hobbs, Sam Cosby. All these guys are putting up really, really, really good performances. Um, I looked in Najee Harris, and he doesn't have, and and you're going to bring up those PFF grades. Well, I'm going to bring them up too. He doesn't have as high of a PFF grade as those guys that are on the list that are hit in that top 10. Right now, sure. Najee sits at a 69.1. So I look at guys like, even Sam Cosme, Sam Cosme, you have Najee ranked very, very high. I've got Sam Cosme, who's running around with a 77 PFF grade, not even on our top 10 right now. But again, I feel like PFF only spells part of the story. It only tells part of the story, but if you're going to call me out for it, like you did, then I'm going to call you out for it because you got Najee. Oh, I, I call you out for it just because I think PFF is complete trash. <laughs> it, it's not complete trash, but you've got Najee Harris 
sitting high on your list. And and you called me out for a PFF grade, so I'm calling you out for a PFF grade now. You've got Najee Harris sitting real, real high on your list, but he's sitting at a 69.1. And I've got nine guys here on my list right now that are sitting higher than Najee Harris is 69.1. So That's fine, but I think Najee Harris should be higher than he is. I, I think he's showcasing that he's got a chance to actually win this thing. And really, with, with one guy that's probably going to wind up coming off the list next week, I, I wouldn't even be replacing that spot with Najee Harris. I would actually be, you know, on my outside looking in, I have Odafe Owe. I would be replacing that spot with Odafe Owe. So, I mean, for me, I, I'm Najee Harris, I mean, as good as he's played, and it's not that he's played bad, but I've got ten guy, nine guys on my list currently, about to be ten, that have a higher rating than a sixty-nine point one. But that's only part. That's only part of it. What's only part of it? PFF is only is a very small part of of. You called actually, me for it earlier, so that's why I'm gonna I'm bringing. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna because I make funny any time you bring up PFF, which I think is silly because it's it's analytics and analytics make a difference, and it's silly because you're sitting there in with with a Baltimore Ravens team that has an analytics guy that legitimate studies these numbers. And you, you, you talk about how great it is that they have that analytics guy. And you talk about how they're way above the curve. But then I bring up something that is like pro football focus, which is above the curve. You but know, there's blind spots in PFF. Like there, there's a lot of guys that we talked a lot about in the offseason, how great they were, and come to find out their PFF group was in the 50s. And, and It doesn't take away from how great they were, and they still deserve – to be the best in the league, PFF only tells a part of the story. Well, just like the other numbers only tell a part of the story. But, you know, like I said, if you're going to call me out for a PFF grade, and then you're going you're gonna to have Najee Harris as high as you did, because clearly he wasn't even on my list, so clearly you had him very, very high on your list. To have him come ranked at that, at that point, that means that Najee Harris was ranked really high on your list, above he guys had a higher than 69.1. And so that's fine, but it, I... PFF grade has a very low weight in, in, in my rankings. But you just called me out for it. Yeah, I called you out because PFF sucks. <laughs> Doesn't make sense, Tyler. Doesn't make um, sense. It does make sense because because um because because I, I make fun of because because you, because you, you you um you view PFF as if it's the Bible and then you still but then you still put someone with low PFF above certain people. So even you don't use it to full law. Uh, number seven, Kyle Pitts. He, he's kind of in a little bit of a free fall, but not too, not too terrible. Low numbers recently. Um, last game, he, I mean, he, he's been putting up 60 yards about, which is, I mean, I guess it's higher for a tight end. Um, he, he, he's all Matt Ryan has. I mean, with, with Patterson going down now, I mean, for a minute, it looked like Patterson was going to be all that, that Matt Ryan had. Now it's, it's looking like Kyle Pitts is all that he has. I mean, at least he's healthy. That's yeah, bit, his his health has never been in question um, at any point for this this uh, season. So I mean, I I mean, and that's that's one big thing about about Kyle Pitts is he's he's healthy. He's been on the field. A lot of these guys have missed a lot of time. Kyle Pitts has been playing really really well. He's he's one of the highest uh, graded tight ends in the league right now. I think he's number five overall um, in the league as far as tight ends go, which is really good. Mm -hmm. He's got. A really great PFF grade of 79.5. Um, seventh in reception, sixth in targets. He's got uh, he's third in receiving yards at his position. Among tight ends. Yep, among tight ends. So, I mean, that's that's uh, that's a damn good grade. 
Oh yeah, and, uh, I think he's he's doing uh, uh, great work over there for them. I think, and and we wanted when any time a tight end gets drafted to Atlanta, I think it, people instantly start making the Tony Gonzalez comparisons, and I think Kyle Pitts is kind of the closest thing that they've gotten to that, and I think he's going to continue being that guy. Number six, Mac Jones. Uh, he was on our not listed one last week at number nine. He moves up from nine to six. Skyrocketing. He really is. And and he's been just red hot. And I, I wanted to see if he could consistently do it over the course of several weeks. And he has. I mean, it, Mac Jones has just been, he's getting better and better and better. And he's becoming more and more dangerous. And I think this, the, the uh, Patriots have, have found themselves their, their franchise QB. I think that that he's going to be around for a long, long time. So I, I, yeah, I totally dig Mac Jones. I'm I'm with him 110 percent, even though I don't like that he's a Patriot, um, and I, I don't want to see another 15 years of New England Patriots winning Super Bowls. I think Mac Jones is just tearing it up, and I love to see it. He's he's got a great arm. The numbers aren't incredible. He's not you know blowing anybody out for 400 yards, but he's playing good ball control, game managing football, and if this continues, you could over time see Mac Jones start becoming that like blowout type of guy where he's like, you know, 400 plus yards and just kicking the crap out of people. So mm-hmm. once that happens, Mac Jones, I mean, I think you're looking at a star in this league. Number five, Micah Parsons up from seven from the week prior. He made his way back onto my list. Yeah, he's coming off. Three straight, it actually is, it's his three best games in a row. Like he's actually playing better now than he did when we had him in the top three in the beginning of the season. He is. Um, he, he's made his way back onto my list. Um, and I know he's been hot recently, which is good. That's why he made his way back onto my list. Um, he, he really had a, a downturn after, I think, week three. It was, I mean, he just, his performance has sort of plummeted a little bit. And then he's really turned it back up these last couple of weeks and, and started, you know, Showing and and that's the thing. Early on, early on in the season, guys drop can drop off really easily, and they're and the reason they can drop off really easily is it's so early. A lot of people go, "Oh wow, the guy's really hot for the first three games," and then he sucks for the next three, and everybody's just like, "Oh well, never mind, hell with that guy." And Mike apart, and and sometimes they recover and sometimes they don't, but early on in the season, those those numbers carry a lot of weight because there's it's such a small sample size. Mm-hmm. they're going to they're going to carry more weight there's there's a lot you know a lot less um uh gravity in the situation when you when you start getting later in the season um Micah Parsons has dug himself out he looks good he made his way back onto my list which I, I think is awesome but yeah I, I'm I'm totally uh I'm with Micah Parsons so I think he's uh defensive rookie of the year like you and Ray were saying I think he's going to get it just because of his namesake, I guess you could say, and, and his notoriety. I think every, I think he was kind of written in as defensive rookie of the year when the year started. I mean, everybody kind of just looked at him like, Oh, this guy's going to be a stud. And he was for three weeks and then fell off and then came back and pretty well, soon. The same sense. So even on your list, you have him as, as the second highest ranked rookie, rookie defender. So, yep, like, under Nate so, so you're, you're not, you're also, you're, you yourself aren't too far behind that. I'm not too far behind it. I think Nate Hobbs is, is, you know, still, I think he's more effective than Micah Parsons is, but that is yet to be seen. Obviously there's still a large chunk of football to be played, mm-hmm. but, 
yeah, I mean, I, I think I think most people are looking at him like he's going to be defensive rookie of the year, and I wouldn't blame him for that. Um, I want to see how he performs the rest of the season, but yeah, for now he's back up on my list. Number four, Trey Smith was last at number four, so he remains the same spot. Yeah, I I left him at number four on my list. I think he that's right where he belongs. Uh, he's he's spot on. He's one of the best guards in football, and uh, his grades continue to go up week over week over week. He his grades have not taken a tumble at all. And, and he, like I said, he's this guy was a steal. He was a steal for the Chiefs. They got him late. And and he was, you know, a consensus All-American. The guy knew that guy was going to be a monster. And the only reason that nobody drafted him was because he had a heart issue. And then he gets picked up late. And he proves that he's worthy. He would have been worthy of a first-round pick. I still think teams should have been looking at him in the second round. For sure. But he's shown up and, and been one of the best guards in football. And it's not a surprise to me. Because I knew this guy was going to be good, even though I think he got taken. I think it was the sixth round he got taken. So Chiefs get a steal, and I think he's just rock solid. He's going to be a great guard in this league for a long time. Number three, Rashawn Slater stays at number three. He, like, I, I had him down a little bit the last couple of weeks, and then it boosted him right back up to number three. He's just put together and strung together, like, so many good performances over the last several weeks. Came on late. I really like what he's doing. Um, yeah, I, I I like Rashawn Slater. Uh, he he. I knew he was going to be better than Panay Sewell. I called that. I I can say I called that one, and I did it right here on this show. I said I think he because he's a more versatile, and uh, b I think he's going to be more effective, and he's proven to be. I think he's a great fit. I think he's awesome at, at protecting Justin Fields. He doesn't give up a lot of sacks. His PFF grades are real high, and uh, yeah, he he's overall he's a solid tackle. I really like him a lot. Number two, same position, Creed Humphrey, due to a tiebreaker. Oh, because of because they the, you had him at one and, retained position. And they have this, they, they have the same rank basically. Yeah. Again, we, but what I so I'll, I'll pull Jamar Chase into this too. But what I, what I was going what I was going to say, it was that uh. I had mentioned for when when uh, when we were at the peak of Jamar Chase's um reign of terror that uh Jamar Chase had about a three week uh buffer and I think uh, with with the with this buy we are at the end of that buffer so I so Jamar Chase needs to he's 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 at the end of that leash. I agree, I agree one hundred percent. I think I think Jamar Chase, you know. He had two bad weeks before, and leaving and, and and this is where I'm going to say it's not because of bad weeks because I still stand by a, a having 40, 40 to sixty. Of the, the, calling that a bad week is that's what you that's what you want your your franchise receiver to do. Have, where, where your your quote unquote bad week is forty to fifty yards. But I think this is more the story of how well Creed Humphrey's playing too that he, that he's shortened that gap. Yeah, Creed Humphrey. He's I, I believe if I'm not mistaken, he's the highest graded. Uh, the highest graded offensive lineman out of the entire draft thus far. He uh, might be the highest graded rookie. Yep. Now, now also, so for, for his stat line here, um, Jamar Chase, just so we're looking at it, three receptions on nine targets. He had 32 yards and a touchdown on, against the Jets. And then the following week, he had six receptions on 13 targets for 49 yards, no touchdowns. I I can... I can buy against Cleveland that 49 yards if he scores a touchdown in that game. 
I still, even with the touchdown against the Jets, I can't buy that. See, As nine a, targets to me is 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 a, it, it represents a good play. It tells me that that he's getting himself open. He's he's doing what he needs to to, to get the ball up to his direction. It doesn't it, it doesn't necessarily say that that he's not a a talented receiver to me, and it doesn't say that to me that he's you know. It, 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 we could be in a situation where they're forcing the ball to him, but what it does tell me is that only coming down with three of those nine targets tells me that he was defended very well um, in that, in that game against the jets. And they, they handled him. They, they really did. They handled him well. Uh, and then they, they, in the loss to Cleveland, 41 to 16, six targets, they couldn't get him going. And it shows me that Denzel Ward shut him down because that's the guy who he would be lined up against. Coming to you. fresh. I, I really believe in the, uh, um, I've got music showing up here, but, um, yeah, I, I believe that, that Jamar Chase, is he a great receiver? Yes. Is he going to be a great receiver in this, this league for the long term? Yes. But last two weeks, he's had two down weeks. He has. And and whether or not uh, he emerges after this after this bye week that he's just come on, if he comes out hot and he looks great, then then you know you might very well see him and Humphrey swap spots. I do have Creed Humphrey at number one uh, and Jamar Chase at number two. You may very well see that swap again. These two have been kind of battling each other for that spot for the last several weeks now. Uh, I, I believe that that Creed Humphrey is is the guy that should, and he's not going to get made rookie of the year. He's he's not. You know, in the NFL, they want the sexy positions, the receivers. Yeah, and, when it comes to what the, the NFL is going to do, you're probably talking about it being uh, Jamar. And they they do offense and defensive. We we kind of combined, but as far as offense, you're you're probably talking about it being Jamar Pitts and Harris, right? That's that's oh kind Mac of, Mac Jones too Mac Jones too and Mac Jones yeah Mac Jones will be up there. You might even see Micah Parsons being talked about. Mac but Jones Mike might Parsons, even be well. Micah Parsons will be on the defensive side, but as far as so, offensive, well, well, I mean, just for overall rookie of the year. Yeah, too, but they but. they do they do them separate. So you will never know what their so I mean I, that is, but. They're, they're going to be talking about sexy positions. They're not going to be talking. You're never going to see a, a, a center get called the most valuable rookie of the year. No. <laughs> and I, maybe maybe that just makes you and I or me more so strange because I see a guy like Creed Humphrey that's performing as well as he is. And I'm going, huh, this is this is pretty incredible. Um, and I've had him, like I said, sitting in that number one spot for several weeks now. Um so I, I believe that that if Jamar Chase, like I said, if he comes out firing and doing Jamar Chase things, we next week, maybe the week after, we might be having another discussion about where he ranks. But I want to see if Jamar Chase can come back to life and and not be so handled, I guess, because he has been handled uh, pretty efficient, uh, efficiently over the course of the last several weeks. Um, so that's our uh, rookie rankings. For uh, this week, and Tyler, we've got uh, we're gonna go over a break here, and we're gonna come back. We're gonna go over prediction. We're gonna go over news stories. We're gonna go over the whole deal. So, uh, folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. 
It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours, with the rates ranging from $55 to $130. You get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I'm your host, Tyler Dean. Eh, he's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. And I'm your co-host, the fabulous Scotty Preton. And, and folks, welcome back. Uh, Tyler, we've got some news around the league, some fun news around the league, uh, especially for uh, this week. We, we've, we've actually, believe it or not, we've got some extensions um we've got some injuries i mean we got all kinds of stuff going on uh not a, a lot of news but there's a lot of like th- there's some bigger news i guess you could say uh this week the first things first i, I want to jump right in i'm going to go elephant in the room tyler let's let's start talking about antonio brown um <laughs> he goes out and and uh he's been running around with a a phony vaccination card they found out uh, everybody's been making a big issue of it. Tyler, Antonio Brown, phony vaccination card. I mean, should he be suspended? I think he should be. Well, I think suspension's p- potentially the the lowest thing he should be worried about. Oh, I mean, this is like federal stuff. This is federal stuff where this guy's probably should be going to prison. Should be. Whether or not they press charges, we'll see. But, it, I mean, this is kind of the tip of the iceberg for Antonio Brown at this point, don't you think? tip of the iceberg we, we know what the iceberg looks like we know we, we know this antonio brown iceberg to me this is like it took a season and a half but we're we're finally coming coming back to true yeah. antonio brown oh we're coming back to throwing bags of gummy penises at people is that that what you're getting at he, he might <laughs> <laughs> so i uh, yeah i i agree i think he should be suspended i think he should be be uh you know under all kinds of scrutiny they they should be you know pressing charges this is this is a big deal and this is a federal offense. You falsified a document. He should be, you know, getting ready for, for prison here. Um, but another situation that that occurred that is even worse. You know, I, I thought that, that you know, Antonio Brown was like, oh, this is going to be like the worst thing we heard all week. And but then this, this situation occurs with Zach Stacy. A uh, video emerged on social media in the last couple of days of Zach Stacy apparently with his ex-girlfriend, uh, the mother of his child. And I got to tell you, that video was one of the most horrendous things that I think I've ever seen. One of the most violent, awful, vile things that anybody could have done in that situation. Uh, I, he just he punches her in the face. Uh, the, the report is that that apparently she was uh, cheating on him in some way, shape, or form, and he found out whether or not that's true. Who knows? But he uh, he slaps her in the face. He punches her in the face. He throws her against the TV. The TV falls on her. He picks her back up off the floor, throws her through the little baby's bouncer thing. I mean, it's it's pretty intense. And 
I, I got to tell you, this guy, it made Ray Rice look tame. That's how, how horrendous this thing was. It was horrific. And I fully 110% believe that this guy should be in prison. He and, and apparently he's been arrested. He was on the run for a minute. Apparently he's been arrested in Florida. He should be in prison for the long term. He should never be able to see that child again. And what really bothered me even more um, is the fact that the baby, the five-month-old baby, was within feet of this whole thing. This guy is a monster. He is a piece of garbage. He should be in prison. He is absolute shit. Zach Stacy should never see the light of day ever again. Maybe that's just my opinion. Tyler, what what do you got? I think he hit the nail on the head. This 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 was gruesome. It was. It was brutal. I can't believe that that actually took place. Um, now, in other news, uh, Pete Carroll talks about Chris Carson. He said, I don't have an update for you. He practiced last week, but there was no timetable for his return. That was earlier in the week. Today, we found out Chris Carson will officially be getting neck surgery. He'll be out for the year. Um, Chris Carson, I mean, are, are we done with Chris Carson at this point, Tyler? Is, is it game over for him? I mean, can we just call it a career for this guy, at least in Seattle? I think it'll be done in Seattle. I do, I, too. I think the injury bug is hitting him pretty good. I mean, he plays he plays good when he plays, but he hasn't been healthy. Right. He's never healthy. He's hurt every year. I mean, it's the, the man has not played a full season in quite some time. Uh, and and I, I really think that he's toast in Seattle. I, I don't think Pete Carroll's going to deal with him. I think this team's going to go into the draft and probably pick up their future running back. At least that's what I would do. But, yeah, the, I, I think he's kind of toast in this situation. And, um, yeah, I, I think uh, Chris Carson is done for. Other major injury news, though, we did have Khalil Mack. He's also set to have season-ending foot surgery uh, for the Bears there. So how big of a hit is this to the Bears, do you think? I mean, obviously it's a massive hit, but in the situation the Bears are in, I, I it's not going to change any standings. Yeah, I mean, technically speaking, I mean, they're they're not – they're not out of the well. They're they're not out of the realm of possibility of making the playoffs. I don't think they will, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, that's that's a a uh, the thing. So I mean, I think with this loss though, with the loss of him, I think this makes it so they're not going to make the playoffs at all. I think they're they're basically you know toast at this point. Especially they already don't have a secondary on that defense. I think that pass rush is the only thing that kept that defense alive. I think that the Bears are are basically done for. Um, I, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, next up, other injury news. You got the uh, Lions quarterback, Jared Goff. He's doubtful to start against the Browns with an oblique injury. Tim Boyles to get the start. Uh, to, so we can just call it 0-9-1 at this point, right? I mean, is that kind of where we're going? Yeah, it. I think it definitely is. But we could have an issue on our hands. Why is that? Uh, I mean, me and you will argue it to the end of time, but it's going to make it hard to do it if the Lions were to go in with Boyle and beat the Browns to defend Goff. I don't. I don't think that that Boyle. You know, I, I, we've seen Tim Boyle. We've seen him before, and he's not good. I think. I think this is going to be an O nine and one situation. I don't think I have to defend Goff at this point. I, I really do think that he's toast. Um, and, and yeah, Tim Boyle, uh, he's not going to get it done. Goff is the better quarterback. I'm not worried about it at all. 
Um, and, and, you know, I, there are a few things that are concerning in that game. Uh, but one thing that I, I'm not concerned about with when it comes to that situation is that Kevin Stefanski just said he expects Miles Garrett to be back this week uh, for that game. Uh, additionally, Nick Chubb has been activated off of the COVID-19 reserve list, so he's going to be back on Sunday. And, and uh, we know that Baker Mayfield, he's banged up. He said, this is probably the most beat up I've ever been. Uh, he sat out of practice earlier this week with a shoulder and foot injury, but I fully expect Baker Mayfield to be on that football field. And I think that Baker Mayfield is a good enough quarterback to uh, to defeat the Detroit Lions handily. Um, we are not going to see a repeat of what we saw last week with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Detroit Lions. Am I right? I, I would agree. I, and we, just don't, we don't know a lot about Tim Boyle. He's only thrown four passes in which he completed three of them. So it, there's not a lot there. Yeah, I, there's not a lot, and uh, there's a reason that he's a backup, though. There's there's an absolute reason. And Tyler, I actually have a guest in the studio right now. Uh, the the old man is actually here right now. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, the old the old silver fox. How you doing? Arrived. Uh, how you doing, old timer? Good, good. Well, um, yeah, but we we've got uh, other news around the league. Tyler, give me one minute. But right now, I'm gonna say uh, Panthers quarterback Cam Newton. He's supposed to be trending towards starting versus Washington this Sunday, according to Matt Rule. What's your take on that? You know, I, I mean, we talked about Cam Newton yesterday a bit. I, and I, I'm, I, I think Cam Newton's going to continue to play good enough to to possibly get them to the playoffs. But I, I, I think he's going to fool them enough to, into, into thinking that he deserves a shot to be their starting quarterback again. And the next season is going to hit. And we'll be looking at a scenario in which he's going to flounder. He's going to get he's going to get his money probably like twenty five. And the Panthers gonna be back to square one again. I, I, but right now, I, and but you know, people are are kind of jumping up and down for what Cam Newton did last week. But if you look at his stats, yeah, he had the two touchdowns, but he only passed the ball like six times for like fifteen yards. Yeah, he was he, both of his his shots were on the goal line. He had the the one running touchdown with he made the the touchdown with his legs. He got a nice passing touchdown in the situation. I I mean, I'm not entirely sold. He looked like more of a leader than than. Uh, well, what's his face out there? And, and their, their third Darnold, string. Yeah. Well, not, not even Darnold. They had their other oh, PJ PJ there. Yep. Uh, he looked like more of a, a leader than he, he looked like, but uh, Cam, I, I think is going to come in. He's going to get the start. And like you said, I think he's going to play well enough to get him in the playoffs and, and get himself a deal. And then after he gets himself the deal, you know, that's, that's where you're going to see, Oh, Cam got his money. He's kind of done with uh, being a good quarterback at this point. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's, that's where he's at. And he's having a showdown actually this weekend with Ron Rivera. How personal do you think that situation is right now? Uh, that's going to be an interesting one. I, I think that's one that it'd be fun to see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to, Ron Rivera said it's, it's not going to be, it's not a major personal situation, but it's, it's kind of personal. I think it's, it's a very personal issue at this point. Um, and especially given their history and everything that went on, I think it's a lot more personal than they're letting on. So I, I and and I think Cam Newton actually winds up beating Ron Rivera this week. Oh, uh, that situation. Yep, I'll go as far as that. Um, next up, Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray, pretty close to returning versus Seattle. He's had that ankle injury that's had him out for the last two games. We saw how Colt McCoy floundered last week. Do you think that uh, the Cardinals can go one more week without Kyler Murray on the field, or do you think that you know he returns and they get back to form? I think they they definitely should sit him. I I, 
I don't think you're in any position to need to rush him back right now. Even at eight and two with the Packers nipping at your heels? That's okay. Yeah. No, you I've beaten the Packers, correct? No, they they lost to the Packers. They lost to the Packers earlier, so earlier this season on the very last minute. That's when he actually hurt his ankle. Is during well, that game. Kyler Murray hasn't lost a game yet. I don't think. Kyler Murray did lose the game against the Packers. Oh yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. Yeah, that's that was, and it, granted, it was on on uh, all AJ there, but still, I mean, you know, he didn't he didn't pay attention to the pass that wound up ultimately getting picked off. That's right. That's right. But Kyler had the hurt ankle, um, in, in that game. I, I don't know. I I just I think that they need to get Kyler back on the field. I don't think Colt McCoy is the answer. And well, I don't, they, they definitely got to get back in the field, but um. Getting the first round by is not worth not having Kyler in the playoffs. That is fair. That's a that's a fair assessment in that situation. I can agree with that. I just don't know. I think his his ankle is healthy enough to deal with at this point. At least that's I I think he's healthy enough to get back out on the field. So um, next up we've got uh, the Ravens quarterback. Well, actually, first of all. Since we were talking about them, the Packers, they went and sold stock for the sixth time in franchise history. Tyler, is this the biggest ripoff in the history of football? I, I don't even know what to make of, make of this one. It's, so this the is the Packers sixth, doing Packers things. You know, it's the sixth time they've done it. They, they have gone out and they sell these pieces of paper saying that you're a part owner of the Packers for $300. I mean, it's basically a $300 piece of paper uh, so they can do upgrades in their stadium. I think it's the biggest ripoff in football. And I think the, the Green Bay Packers are the biggest bunch of absolute uh, uh, swindlers I think I've ever <laughs> I've ever seen in the history of the game. Uh, the fact that they do this to their fans and, and make it seem so official. It's a three hundred. They're, they're owned by the people, man. <laughs> what a crock of shit. What a crock of shit. Bunch of robbers. That's that's what it is at this point. Um, but in Ravenland over here, the Ravens quarterback, Lamar Jackson, he didn't practice Wednesday doing a not, due to a non-COVID-related illness. Um, and also their wide receiver, Marquise Brown, didn't practice on Wednesday due to an ankle injury. Uh, how do both of these affect your boys here, Tyler? We, we, you know, Lamar, is this is like the second time he's been, he's been sick sometime this year. And, uh, you know, I Probiotics, don't... Probiotics, man, like we always tell Rick. Yeah, yeah, I mean... <laughs> um, he did participate fully today, so I don't. I think it's kind of a non-factor for Lamar. I mean, do you think he's going to run into the the tunnel on Sunday and go just crap his brains out like he did in the playoffs? Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we all. Uh, um, no, I I don't know. I, I it's, it's it's happened a couple times this year. I I don't see the Lamar thing being an issue. The uh, Hollywood's kind of worth tracking, but at the same time, I. I still believe that Bateman is, is trending in the right direction every week. Yeah, I agree with that. His, he's been phenomenal um, for the last couple of weeks. Great possession receiver, great on those slant routes. He's like a poor man's Michael Thomas is, is kind of what I'm relating him to. I, I think that's basically where he's been trending and how he's been trending. It's and, the type of receiver we haven't had since Steve Smith. Right. Uh, a very, very possession-based receiver, and, and that's a good thing to have. Um, one thing that you guys won't have, uh, running back Le'Veon Bell, after five games, he got uh, let go after some very lackluster play. Uh, are you guys missing Le'Veon? Are you you ha- sad to see him go? I mean, where you at? <laughs> no. Le'Veon underperformed every level when it came to 
the Ravens. Um, every running back was kind of under the gun on, on not performing well, but and Bell was the worst of the bunch. Yeah. Yep. 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 I I agree with you there. Um, also speaking of, of Ravens or former Ravens jets, they're going to be starting Joe Flacco versus the dolphins. I guess they're benching Mike white. The, we, we talked about it earlier. The Mike white experiment is over. Uh, Zach Wilson still isn't hundred percent. So they are starting Joe Flacco this weekend. How do you feel about that? Do you think that, uh, Flacco gives them that surge? I mean, the last time he was out there, he actually did halfway decent for them. So I, that's the question of the day. I, what do you think about Joe Flacco starting for the jets again? It, it, I don't even think it matters who's starting right now. That team's such a dumpster, dumpster fire. It's, it's really just right now they're the new Browns. It's, it's where you go to die. Yeah, yeah, I think they're they're kind of in that position where they're drafting quarterbacks rapid fire, and uh, that's where they're going to be for about the next decade. I think is is where the Jets are going. They're going to be drafting quarterbacks over and over and over again, and they're not going to get a hit for about a good ten years until they get their version of like a Baker Mayfield type player. Um, so I mean that's. That's kind of where I think the Jets are at this point. Um, also, uh, coming out of that division, uh, running back, the Patriots running back, Damian Harris, he's no longer on the injury report with a concussion. Uh, Ramondre Steven, is he a one-hit wonder at this point? Do you think there's a major timeshare? What What do you think on this? I I think it might be he might be a one-hit wonder. I just, I, I don't I don't really buy it. Yeah, I I don't buy Ramondre Ramondre Stevenson. I don't. I don't think he's he's anything spectacular. I think Damian Harris is that good. I think they found their franchise running back. But like, on the same note, though, in, in last night's game, uh, Stevenson technically outperformed Harris. Uh, I I don't I don't buy it. I I think he got. I, I'd have to look at the carry load, but they yeah. both they, and they both they both had like a six six yard per carry average. And both had about twelve carries. So it, I, it, it, was, it, it was it was basically the same stat line. Yeah, I, I'm going Damian Harris here. I, I would I would take Damian Harris in an instant. Also, uh, Falcons tight end Hayden Hurst was ruled out for Thursday's game with an ankle injury. Uh, not a huge hit, but you know, with all these injuries that the the Falcons are experiencing at this point, do you think that the Falcons just? I mean, uh, obviously, we think that they're cooked, even in spite of winning a few in a row and going four and five. Do you think that the Falcons are kind of cooked and that? they're not going to be anywhere near a playoff team that they were kind of hoping to be. We also saw a running back slash wide receiver, offensive weapon, whatever the hell you want to call him. Uh, Cordero Patterson, he was a game time decision versus the Patriots on Thursday night doing an ankle injury. He wound up being out. Um, Cordero Patterson, do I mean, is gone. What do you make of this? Are they, are they cooked at this point? Falcons are definitely cooked. I think you'll see Matt Ryan move on to a different team next year. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I don't I don't think he wants to remain in Atlanta. And and uh he's been getting hell beat out of him by by a, a basically a bad offensive line that's allowed a lot. So um yeah, I I, I think Atlanta's done for and I think they're they're gonna be searching for a new franchise quarterback in the next year here. And I, I could honestly see a team like Pittsburgh taking in Matt Ryan for a couple years to to build a new quarterback. And that would be a good fit. That would be a very good fit. I believe Matt Ryan on that team can win a Super Bowl. I agree with that. With with that team and that those caliber of receivers, I think I think they're capable of of winning a Super Bowl. I really do. That's that's actually a very good look for them if they can get him in the in the fold. Um also as far as uh we were talking about tight ends earlier, 
let, let's talk about the one that, that uh, just got signed here. Eagles tight end Dallas Goddard. First of all, he didn't practice uh, this week due to a concussion protocol situation. It looks like he's leaving concussion protocol, but he did get signed to a four-year, $57 million contract. I, I'm not sure how I feel about this extension. And the reason I'm not sure how I feel about this extension is because he's uh, he's been hurt quite often throughout the course of the last several years. He's getting older. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I just don't think and, it's. But you're missing you're missing the most important part here. What's that? He's just not that good. Yeah, I don't think he's that good. I I agree with you. I don't think he's 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 definitely not one of those guys like a. a he's not know, prime Zach Ertz. Exactly. He's Exactly. He's not prime Zach Ertz and, and he'll, I don't think he ever will be. I think they're going to be looking for another tight end, another weapon in that situation. So, eh, yeah, I, I think that Dallas Goddard is, this is a bad extension in my opinion, but how, how, hey, how what's the salary? 57 million. It's high. Yeah, it's high. It's very high for, for a guy who is hurt quite often and doesn't, doesn't really put up the numbers that you'd you'd like. He's a he's a low he I guess you could call him middle he's a very middle of the road tight end is is the best way to put it. I think he's you know right in the middle of the pack. He's not anything to write home about. Fifty seven million just seems like a lot of money for a guy that eh not not entirely sold. Um also guy that I'm not entirely sold on that just got a big payday. Broncos they extend wide receiver Tim Patrick to a three year thirty four and a half million dollar deal. Not a fan of this one either. I like Tim Patrick, but for the amount they utilize him or or don't utilize him, this seems like a lot of money for a guy that really he's underperformed outside of that that stretch last season where all the receivers got hurt. I mean, I I don't buy this. He's a, a number three receiver, really. Uh, do you do you think eleven eleven million is is worth uh, is it's what he's worth? A little high, but I'd pay him nine. Really nine? Yeah, he, to me he's he, he's a very good number three. I I I think he's just he's been the victim of bad quarterback play for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I think this year's kind of opening up just how good a receiver he is because he's already almost two hundred yards past his career high already, and he's already got a career high in touchdowns. I think he's he should be um, somewhere in the like eight range, uh, eight maybe seven. I just don't find him to be worth eleven million dollars. That's that's a lot of money for a number three guy, and I, I don't know. I have trouble with this contract too. He's on pace for a thousand. Yeah, I mean, and and a thousand yard receivers to me worth around ten, but we're not there yet. He hasn't done it yet. Yeah, we're we're not there yet. We're talking five twenty three and four touchdowns. Uh, we still have what eight games left to play. I think for the Broncos, seven or eight. So I mean it. Well, we'll see how he how he shakes out. We'll see if he can break that that century mark. But I want to I want to see if he does it um, this season. Uh, speaking of receivers, wide receiver Amari Cooper out for the Cowboys. He's placed on the COVID reserve list for this Sunday. Do you think? Well, it's going to obviously be the CD Lamb show this this weekend. Do you think CD Lamb can do enough to get it done against a very tough Kansas City Chiefs team who's just come alive recently? We're about to find out if C.D. Lamb is a, is a true number one who can play when he's the only guy on the team. Yeah, because the, the great ones can do that. Uh, we and found out this year so far, like, for example, Calvin Ridley could not. 
Calvin Ridley is a is a high end one, but only when he has a number two a, a liable number two support. Right, and he hasn't had that. And I think that there there are a lot of times when number one receivers will go out there and even without name number twos on there on the team and on the field with them, they still manage to put up the numbers and still manage to get it done. And I want to find out if CD Lamb is capable of doing this because obviously Amari Cooper. He's not going to be there forever. CeeDee Lamb's got a long, long stretch ahead of him. So I want to find out if he's actually going to be a true number one there or if he's just kind of a, a lower-end number one that needs a higher-end number two to keep him in, in the game. Cooper's, Cooper's got time, though. He's in another five years. Well, he just get, Yeah, he did just get signed, but I... I but he's, he's still only 27. Is he that young? Yeah. Wow, I didn't even realize Amari Cooper was that young. Yeah, he's going to be around a while still. And he and Cooper's having a, a fairly good year. Yeah, yeah, he's he's not doing bad. I mean, I just I don't I want to see. Well, that's a that's a problem. Mari Cooper not on the field. That's going to be the question: Is C.D. Lamb able to do it without Amari Cooper on the field? I don't I don't know if he does that. Yeah, he must have gotten drafted. He was real young because because he's in his one two three four, seventh season. Well, yeah, that's why I'm kind of taken aback by the fact that he had he's, been twenty twenty one. Yeah, I'm blown away by the fact that he's only 27 years old. That's that's crazy to me. I mean, for as long as he's been in the league, normally by this point, guys are hitting age 30. So that's that's a big deal. Uh, well, next yeah, some, some of those guys get drafted so young, like like uh, Juju is still only 24. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize how long he's been in the league either. That's that's crazy. That's, he's been in as long as Cooper, but right. still, he's been your he's, he's going he's in his fifth year i was gonna say this is year five for him so that's wow wow uh next up you got the vikings the vikings activated safety harrison smith from the covid reserve list uh they also designated patrick peterson to return from ir after his injury uh first of all and as far as harrison smith goes uh i want to make something abundantly clear because everybody everybody was talking about harrison smith before he wound up on the COVID list. Uh, everybody was talking about him as though he was one of the best safeties in the league. And everybody was, and, and they were right. He is one of the best safeties in the league, hands down. Right now, I think he ranks number 12 in the league. Uh, and then suddenly, Harrison Smith winds up on the COVID list because he wasn't vaccinated. And everybody starts calling him a quote-unquote declining re- or declining safety. And he's, he's not that good. And his extension was bad. I know that you and I have both talked about how pro football focus isn't the the end all be all. We talked about it on this episode, but Harrison Smith is carrying around a seventy four point two PFF grade. This guy has been one of the best safeties in the league this year. Statistically, he's been one of the best safeties in the league this year. He has shown no sign of a decline in any way, shape, or form. So that's my PSA for all the Vikings fans out there that are saying, "Oh, this guy's a declining safety." No, he's not. He's not declining. Give me a fucking break, okay? But but on that same note, though, and we've talked about this a lot, and Harrison Smith qualifies for that, this is the time to trade him for value before he takes that dramatic steep drop-off because the dramatic drop-off hits everyone eventually. The, it does. Well, and here's the thing. Harrison Smith, it, it's a different animal when it comes to guys like safeties, and you know this as good as well as anybody. Okay, you you know that 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 dramatic fall off for safeties. 
that's that's doesn't exactly hold the same merit, um, particularly with guys like, for example, Ed Reed. You know that. You know that as well as I do. Yeah, now, it, I, I, it's it's further out there for safeties and corners, but it's still there. Mm-hmm. Like after 2012, at, when Ed Reed went to Houston, it, it was a dramatic drop off, and Ravens knew it. And Harrison Smith is 32 years old. He's got a ton of tread on the tires. So for for people to be saying that he's gonna, you know, he this is a bad extension and he's gonna fall off, he gets to about 36 and they're gonna be letting him go out the door, which I'm totally not mad at because I believe Harrison Smith is the kind of guy, just like Ed Reed, that's gonna play very at a very high level at this position for a long time. I don't I don't buy this. I don't buy the fact that people are saying that this guy isn't good or that he's not one of the top safeties in the league. He is one of the top safeties in the league. He still is. He remains one of the best. So I mean, and I I thought they paid him a, a very fair amount of money, four years, sixty four. I think that's a very fair amount of money for a guy who is one of the highest end safeties in the league. It's just it's senseless. Um, so I I'm going to start there, but I also want to point out that um, this Cam Bynum kid who filled in for Harrison Smith is something really tremendous, and I really think that for for the amount of money you're paying him, I I would hate to see Xavier Woods go because Xavier Goods is playing Xavier Goods Xavier Woods is playing at such a high level, but uh, Cam Bynum looked damn good in Smith's absence. I think if you take Harrison Smith and you line him up next to Cameron Bynum, you might be talking about a one-two punch for next season, and you might be talking about Cam Bynum as the next Harrison Smith. What do you think? I think I think it's possible. He, I mean, he's shown some 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 good value as we uh, go along here, and I I'm interested to kind of follow it. Yeah, he's a fifth round pick. I think he was a fifth rounder, so that's that's a good pick. And also Patrick Peterson returning. How happy do you think Viking the Vikings and the Vikings fans are are to see Patrick Peterson back on the field after he was uh, after he went down with what I believe was a hamstring injury. Uh, I'm still in in the same opinion that I had before the season and Patrick Peterson is in his dramatic down, down, downfall. I don't know if it's that dramatic. He play he's playing much better than he played last year. I mean, let's, let's bear that in mind much better than he played last year. Still uh, in the sixties. Still in the sixties. I agree, but he's playing better than he played last year. Um, and I, I think he's a better fit. Than uh, uh, you know a lot of the other uh, corners that we've had, and I I don't know I think he has, he's a better fit here than he is in Arizona at this current point. Um, I I really I really believe that that he should be re-signed to an extension. I don't expect it to be some giant ridiculous extension, but I do think he should be signed to an extension. I, I think the number he's getting paid right now ten million I think that's fair. Um, for for a corner of his caliber, but we might not see Patrick Peterson on the field for the Vikings next year, especially if Kirk Cousins gets extended or if they don't trade Kirk Cousins. That might be a whole different thing. But I think Peterson has played well. Uh, he he deserves a decent amount of compensation for for the way he's played this season. Uh, and also. Talking about defensive backs, Minka Fitzpatrick also landed on the COVID reserve list, but we don't talk about his declining at all, do we? Uh, so, 
<laughs> yeah, I heard you. Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, he winds up on the Cobra Reserve list. Also, Steelers. Wait, I'm it. confused. You mean you heard me? Oh, I heard you kind of, kind of go <laughs> in the background there. Uh, that just might have been coincidence. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Steelers outside linebacker TJ Watt, he suffered a nasty hip and knee injury. Uh, thankfully, the MRI showed that there's not any structural damage to either and that he will actually probably be able to play on Sunday. Uh, how big of a hit are those losing those two guys? How big of a hit is that to this Pittsburgh Steelers team that just struggled to beat the Lions or, or to, to tie, didn't even beat, struggled to tie with the Lions? 16 to 16 this past Sunday. I I think it's a big hit. I mean, just despite the down year for Fitzpatrick, he's still one of those big heart and soul pieces of that team. And I, I think it's going to be a massive hit yeah. for this defense. Yeah. I, I, he's, he's so good in coverage and I, I people don't, don't realize like, like he's not really a, a major tackling type of um, safety. He is having a huge down year. But he's generally really good in coverage. That's that's usually what he's he's there for. And uh, yeah, I think Minka Fitzpatrick is going to be a huge hit. I think Watt is the bigger hit if he can't play. Game changing type of player. Oh, hundred percent. Game changing type of player coming off the edge. Teams can't. They try to account for him, but they can't account for him. He's just that good. Uh, he he creates so many turnovers. I I it blows my mind. Um, and at least when he's not trying to punch the ball out and punching guys in the face while he's doing it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, the, the, they lose, um, they lose those two key players to their, to their, uh, uh, defense. Also on the Chargers side of the, over at the chargers on their defensive side of the ball, they had to place defensive end, Joey Bosa and defensive tackle, Jerry Tillery out on the COVID reserve list. Huge. Made me nervous. Chargers. Well, I'm sorry, what? I thought you were going to say Chargers placed Derwin James on IR. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I'm amazed that we haven't seen that yet. I, I, he's he's actually stayed uh, sort of healthy this season. I'm happy, and I'm, I'm happy because I love Derwin James. Yeah, I like Derwin James a lot. I'm, just, I'm surprised he's stayed healthy thus far because he's been hurt for the last, what, three years now? So, Something like that, yeah. yeah. Some ridiculous number. So, but Joey Bosa and Jerry Tillery wind up on the COVID reserve list. They won't be available for Sunday. Big loss for the Chargers uh, going into their upcoming games. I mean, the, if you're the Chargers, are, are you just starting? Uh, are they falling apart now? I mean, because it's they lost. They lost. Starting three. to seem like they kind of are. Yep. After the hot start, three and zero. Herbert comes out firing, looking like an MVP candidate. And now the Chargers have slowed down to a crawl. It's kind of looking like they're going to wind up in last place in this division at this rate, doesn't it? No, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I still think they're going to get second. Really? You think they're going to come out that that hot, huh? They don't got to be that hot. I mean, it's they're, they're still tied for second. Oh, God. In this, in this competitive division, I think they got to get hot, especially with Mahomes coming out and doing what he's been doing. I think they've got to get a lot hotter than they have been, especially over the last two games. It's it's bad. Uh, also in that division, Raiders place uh, safety Tyree Gillespie on IR with a hamstring injury. The Raiders have been losing defensive backs left and right this season, and that's that's how Nate Hobbs. You know, we're, they're lucky they had Nate Hobbs around um, because that's how Nate Hobbs, you know, wound up on the field. 
Do you think this is a huge loss for them? Do you think that that the Raiders can survive another defensive back going down, especially a starting one like this guy? No, I, I think I think it's starting to to add up on him, and you and you kind of saw waves of that last week. Yeah, they got smoked by Patrick Mahomes and company. Uh, that's that's not good for them. You could and, and really now that we mention it, the Raiders could be the ones that wind up on the bottom of the division. I. I, th- I think it's it's possible, and the Broncos are are another one. Yes, Broncos are another one, but the Broncos still, you know, Jekyll and Hyde. We talked about it in the earlier in the pod here. They some nights they come out strong, and some nights they come out, you know, looking like they looked this past week. So we we could see either. I think you're talking about Raiders or Broncos potentially hitting the bottom of the division if they can't, you know, kind of corral this injury bug that they've got uh, going on. Uh, also, we've got the 49ers. The Niners uh, running back Elijah Mitchell, he suffered a broken finger. His status is currently uncertain for Sunday. Um, he'll be a game-time decision. And they also released corner Dre Kirkpatrick. Uh, is, is, a, is Kirkpatrick overrated? And B, do you think he lands? If so, where? Uh, I think he kind of is overrated. I I do think he's, he'll still land, but I don't know who, who's, who's going to take him. Yeah, there. I mean, I could see him going to maybe Seattle and staying on the West Coast. Um, the Rams might suck him up because they seem to be going after everybody. But I, I just, I don't see a guy that is a championship caliber corner. Maybe that's me. I don't think he is. But I mean, he played really good ball for the Bengals for quite some time. He did. Yep. And and I, I don't know. Maybe maybe if Mike Zimmer and I mean I believe short of a Super Bowl Mike Zimmer gets fired in Minnesota, maybe wherever Mike Zimmer winds up, Kirkpatrick winds up too, because I believe they did play together in Minnesota in Cincinnati for a little bit. So wherever Zimmer goes, you might see Kirkpatrick wind up. That that could be a possibility, uh, but I don't think it's going to be this season. I don't think he gets brought on this season uh, after getting released. Uh, next up, you got the Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll on an on a, the officials in a, the blowout loss against the Packers. He said they were a huge part of the outcome of this game. Are the officials causing more trouble this year than ever before with these these calls and these penalties? And we saw the one with the Bears. Do you think the officials are causing more trouble than than they ever have in the past? I don't know. I. I feel like every year we talk about how bad the officiating is, and every year we say it's the worst it's ever been. So uh, to me, it's it's always been bad. It's just, to me, it's just a, another bad a bad season that's that we've always had. Uh, is it a, is it a tier higher this year? I mean, I think the taunting thing, and that's more against the NFL, I guess. I think the taunting is is the worst penalty that they could have ever come up with. I think it's awful. it's the taunting one is completely outrageous and is having a toll on a lot of games. Yeah, I, I think it's changed the outcome of a lot of games, the, the taunting penalty. It's, it's terrible. Um, next up, you got the Bucks placing corner Richard Sherman on IR with a calf injury. How bad do you think it affects the Bucks, who are already void of uh, solid corners? Not at all. Sticking yeah. with to my guns from what I said when they, when they signed the motherfucker. Yeah, you just don't like him. No, I think he's overrated. I think he's done. He can to him and his... Um, him and 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 uh, his his 50 PFF for those that that keep track of that can can go home and and be shitty at home. Yeah, he uh, he looked good when he played 
for the uh, when he when he did come in to play for the Bucks. He looked okay, but uh, in 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 his first game, he had that was a fumble recovery or a, a caused fumble. I mean, he had he had a couple of good plays there. I don't think Richard Sherman is that good there, though. I'm with you. I think he's kind of an overrated bum. I think he's a loudmouth, and I think his career's over. I really do think this is it. Uh, this is it, and, and all she wrote for Richard Sherman. Just go home, retire. You're you're a first round Hall of Famer. Just just go yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, he'll he'll get a first ballot Hall of Fame just because of who he is, you know. And and I I, I believe that, even though I don't think he was that good. And he's maybe not you can a, let maybe you can let Crabtree in, induct you. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Uh, also, the uh, the Tennessee Titans they go out and sign defensive lineman Kyle Pecco to the active roster. I like this move. I think this is a guy that that is a starter. And and I, I, the Titans already have a really solid uh, team. This is a good backup for them, even though they have like a, a ton of starters. They have good starters already. I think this guy's like a really, really high-end backup for them, and this is a good problem for them to have. I, I, I'm with you on this one. I, I, I think they're trying to um, make some good decisions to get themselves poised for the deep playoff run, and this is, and this is one of them. Yeah, this is the and and this defense is what's keeping them afloat and keeping them alive. I like this move a lot. I thought it was really smart. Uh, next up, the Giants went out and signed Bernardrick McKinney to the fifty man fifty three man roster, and they added running back Jonathan Williams to the practice squad. I like McKinney a lot. And I thought the Giants they they did the right thing making this signing. They they needed linebacker help. They got their linebacker help. I think McKinney is like he's not a world beater. He's not, you know, going to be some sort of Hall of Fame linebacker, but he's a very good linebacker, and and he kind of fits the mold. I like this move. I think it's smart. Bernardrick McKinney, where do you land on him? Uh, he seems so hit or miss to me. It's hard to really get a good gauge on on what his true value really is. Yeah, uh, he he. I mean, he he played with the uh, the Texans for quite some time. He he was kind of a, a staple over there for a while. Uh, right now, I mean, obviously he's he's not doing well. They they haven't used him, but I mean, at one point back in in 2018, we're talking about and and if we're talking about PFF grades here, back in 2018, this guy was an 80.9 overall. So I mean that he's not too far off, and he has gradually declined over the the several years. 2019, he went to a 67. 2020, he went to a 57. Now this year he's at a 28.3, but he's barely been used and he hasn't seen a lot of snaps. I want to see what they what they do with him and how they utilize him. I really do think that that he's an underrated talent, and uh, they could get some good value out of Bernardrick McKinney um, in this system. I I really like this signing. I thought it was really smart. And uh, also the last but not least, the Saints running back Elvin Kamara is ruled out for Sunday's game versus the Eagles. Uh, it's going to obviously lead to Mark Ingram starting. Tyler, uh, do you think Ingram can get him another W? I th- I think he's, he can play decent enough to get him through, but he, he, Ingram's not Kamara. No, he's definitely not. But he he performed well last week, and uh, he had he had a touchdown. He, I mean, I, I think he's he's a good enough running back to to get him through the current situation. Don't you? I do. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. And uh, Tyler, that's our news around well, the league. We do have one more piece of news that's weird and interesting. We have more. Oh boy! Texans quarterback Jeff Driscoll. Oh no! 
has officially moved to tight end. What? Yes. They believe that he has the size and the speed to perform very well as they view him as a rare athlete. I. That's one of the most stupid things I think I've ever heard. That's that's as bad as Tim Tebow. Yeah, I think it's worse. Yeah. Because Tim Tebow actually is an athlete. Tim Tebow could have succeeded as a rece- as a receiver or a linebacker, not a blo- not a tight end. Yeah. The issue with Tebow was the idea that you need him to block, but I think Tebow could have been a great linebacker, a blitzing linebacker, or uh, or like slot receiver. Yeah, this this is a bad move. I that's that's some of the most silly bullshit I've ever heard. Wow. I mean, this is one that I like. To, uh, I I I not to pull you into my bullshit here, Scott, but. If Jeff Driscoll <laughs> comes out and performs like a rock star at tight end, we should probably do something on the air as a punishment for shitting on him. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. It's I so- mean, I'm 99.999% sure that it's never going to come to that, but I, I'll I'll do I'll do the the bomb of the hot ones challenge again if it comes uh, out. I'll join you. <laughs> if I, if that's what I have to do. I'll I'll do it, but right now I'm going to say Jeff Driscoll going to tight end is a stupid fucking move. If he has a hundred yard game, we will we will we will do this stupid thing. But yeah, yeah, it's not going to happen. I it's not going to happen. You know it's not going to happen. I know it's not. Gonna there's a better there, there's a better chances of the of the refs letting an uneligible receiver score a touchdown and have it have it stay. It's <laughs> terrible. It's so bad. So, Tyler, we've got our, our games coming up for week 11 in the NFL. Uh, Patriots-Falcons, we both put, took the Patriots. The Patriots did win 25 nothing in that game. So we, we do have that. That game has already happened. Some could say that uh, Patriots put up 25 unanswered points. Yeah, <laughs> they, they did. They really did. And we got to see Josh Rosen and, and Felipe Franks look just awful. Um, but, uh, and we got to see Matt Ryan really look awful too. So there's that. Uh, we both took the Patriots though. Next up, we've got the, uh, Titans. Well, first of all, here are your predictions for week 11 in the NFL. We're going to start out with the Texans and the Titans. I'm going Titans here. This is a no brainer. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm going Titans here too. I, uh, don't think that Jeff Driscoll's going to, uh, get them enough points to win this one. <laughs> so bad uh next up you got the ravens and the bears ravens coming off that bad loss to the dolphins i think they're pissed i'm going with the ravens here i i'm under the mindset that when a team loses a game like that um they usually come out pissed off the week uh, the, the next week and i i'm with you there ravens here yep ravens all day uh next up you got the saints and the eagles and philadelphia is favored to win here this is this one's gonna get interesting i'm actually going eagles here Going the Eagles. Yep, I'm going with the Eagles. Here. Despite the Saints almost uh, beating the Titans last week. Yep, I'm going with the Eagles. I think I think the the Titans are kind of a different animal. I I think the Eagles right now they're they're red hot. I'm going with the Eagles on the upset. Uh, technically I'm upset because Philly is favored to win. Without Kamara, I'm also going to Eagles. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I was going too. Next up, you got the Colts and the Bills. I'm going with the Bills here. Bills came out red hot last week. I think they do it again. It's going to be a good game. I'm going with the Bills. 
I'm going Bills, but I, I think this could be one of the Colts' last losses of the season. You think so? Because we talked a lot about how Colts had a brutal front end of their schedule. Yes. But, but the back end loosens up a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I And the Colts could wind up in the playoffs. We could see it. Uh, next up, you got the Lions and the Browns. I'm going with the Brownies here. I, I'm going Browns too, but it, it's not going to be dominant. No, I don't think it's well. I don't think it's going to be dominant unless they run the ball effectively, and that's going to be the key here to the Browns winning. If they put the ball in Baker Mayfield's hands, it's going to go south for them in a heartbeat. I, I'm saying Browns, and I think it's going to be a running, a run-heavy game, and it's going to be a dominant run-heavy game by the Browns if they can get the the run going. Uh, if they can't get the run going, they're still going to win, but it's going to be Baker Mayfield having a hard time getting it done. We're going to see a very tight game, kind of like we saw last week. Uh, next up, you got the Packers and the Vikings. I'm going with the Packers here. I think the Vikings are going to have themselves a tough day at the office in spite of the win that they just had against a, a very tough Chargers team. I'm going with the Packers. I think Packers are red hot right now, and I, I think right now is the time to not play them, and I unfortunately, Vikings had the short straw on that one. Packers. Vikings have the hardest stretch uh, coming out of the bye, and uh, yeah, they're, they're five, these next, like, well, the next three games now, the, the five games coming out of the bye, we knew they were going to be tough, and and this one is part of that that little stretch. Uh, so, I can definitely have one of the hardest ones. I know Ravens have, I think, the hardest from this point forward because they don't play, face any team. After the Bears don't play any team under this, under 500. Yeah. Yep. It was out of the bye, though. They said the Vikings had the toughest remaining schedule coming out of the bye. So, and their bye was back in week seven. So now moving forward, it might be the Ravens, but coming out of the bye. Uh, next up, you had Washington and the Panthers. I'm going with the Panthers here. I think Cam Newton has himself a big game. Man, you're 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 on that Kool Aid right now. I'm gonna drink Careful. it. Careful, <laughs> you're gonna drink the Kool Aid. I will drink it right now. I'm gonna ride the Washington hot streak. Wow, wow. Yeah, I, I think last week was just an anomaly. I'm going with the Panthers here. Uh, next up, you got the Niners and the Jags. Uh, I'm going Niners here. I think the Niners' defense looked really good, and if they can run the ball as well as they did uh, uh, this past week, uh, yeah, Niners all day. I'm taking 49ers as well. Yep. Uh, you got the Dolphins and the Jets. Miami's obviously favored. The Jets got Joe Flacco coming onto the field, though. Going to be a fun one. It's kind of a toilet bowl situation. I'm still going with the Dolphins, though. Same here. I think they're going to try to play the same game plan. It's going to work out in their favor. Yes. Uh, next up, you got the Bengals and the Raiders. Uh, this one should be fun. I'm going with the Bengals here. I think Jamar Chase kind of comes back to life here. We had him in the in the rookie rankings. I'm going Bengals. I'm going Bengals easy here. I think this could be could could it could turn into a double digit win here. Right. Next up, you got the Cardinals and the Seahawks. This is a no-brainer to me. Cardinals all day. Even without Murray? Even without Murray, I'm going Cardinals. Man, it's tough because if Murray doesn't play, I want to pick the Seahawks here. But I'm, I'm going to go the safe route. I'm, I'm going to go with Cardinals. Yeah, I'm going with the Cardinals. My assumption is that Kyler Murray's going to play. My big thing about the Cardinals situation is the Seahawks have a bad defense. And even though it is Colt McCoy, I think Colt McCoy has a good enough understanding of that uh, uh, Cardinals offense to get it done to beat that really bad Seattle defense. So that's why I'm going Cardinals here. 
Uh, next up, you got the Cowboys and the Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs. I think Patrick Mahomes got really hot last week. Five touchdowns over 400 yards. It, I, I maybe they're they're tricking me. Maybe it was a one-off. I'm hoping it's not. I'm going Chiefs. I want Patrick Mahomes to just tear it up. I think what you're going to have here is I said it in the first half here that the Chiefs that the AFC screwed up by letting Chiefs back in the mix, and I still believe that is the case. I think Mahomes puts up over 400 yards over four touchdowns and lose this game. Wow. You think I think this is going to be a shootout. Ooh. Ooh, even I'm without, going Dallas. Even without Amari Cooper on the field? I I think they'll get it done. They, they, they have some good depth at receiver. I think they'll, they'll get it done. Wow. And then uh, Sunday night football, Steelers and Chargers. This may be the game for the Chargers to kind of get it back a little bit. Chargers, I'm going with them all day over the Steelers. I, I think they get it done. They're going to go to six and four. I'm taking Chargers here too. Yep. And last but not least, you got the Monday night football game. Probably just the ass whooping on a Monday night. Buccaneers versus the Giants. I'm going with the Bucks. It seems to be that the, that the Bucks are going to come out pissed off on back to back losses here, or maybe the time is here. No. But I don't think it's quite yet. I, I think look, the Bucks are gonna are gonna clobber him. Look, I've seen that look on Tom Brady's face before, and and he stood in front of that podium. I've seen that look. I know what that look means. That look means that somebody's about to get thrashed, and uh, he's gonna I, go. Up, he's gonna throttle the Giants this week. I hope Danny Dimes puts his dick in his mouth. Go <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll tell Tom Brady he's old and, and, and go home. Yeah, and then he can go home and kiss his kid on the mouth. What a weirdo. But uh, that is our predictions for um, week 11 in the NFL. Tyler, we got another one in the books here. Uh, I want to give a quick shout-out to our one of our sponsors at It's Your Time Massage. Amanda is a wonderful massage therapist. Check her out at IYTMassage.com. Uh, you can also go over to Face Kicked Apparel. Get all your T-shirt screen printing. You get all your... Hat, shirts, hoodies, hats, beanies, anything you could ask for over at facekickedapparel.com. Sean's a great, great uh, screen print guy. You pick it, he sticks it over at facekickedapparel.com. And uh, Tyler, we got another one in the books. You ready for week 11? Let's do it. All right, brother. Well, thank you so much, folks, for listening. For Tyler and myself, we will see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com. <laughs>